Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, a little preseason game day edition before the Jets round out the home portion of the preseason tonight, taking on the Calgary Flames and a much more NHL-looking lineup than we've seen from the visitors in the first two games here in Winnipeg. Got lots on Jets training camp, lots on the battle for the final roster spots. Jamie Thomas is going to jump on with us. And we'll also have an extended conversation with Marat Atesh of The Athletic heading into tonight's 7 o'clock game down at Canada Life Centre. Can't forget about the 13-2 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bombers back at home on Saturday night against the Edmonton Elks. By the way, Dustin Nielsen, our good friend, is going to be calling that game for TSN. He and I just hit all of the CFL games in today's edition of the Lock Shop. So wherever you're getting your podcasts, just search Lock Shop. Make sure you give a sub that, or you can check out our Twitter feeds for the video version of that. Darren Bombing, though, will give us the latest on the Bombers Bombers practice, preparation for the second last home game of the season, but the final game against any team that's not the British Columbia Lions. Edmonton in town, DB in hour two with the latest on the Bombers and looking forward to getting Darren's take on Kyle Walters' move of yesterday that we talked about acquiring, reacquiring Alden Darby from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And we'll get Darren's thoughts. He covers the Bombers so closely as to whether Kyle Walters is done or there might be another spot on the roster on the wish list. Uh, but tons of Jets talk today. Of course, the season gets going a week from today. Jets home opener a week from Friday against the New York Rangers. It's a lot of excitement. And I got to tell you, and we'll get to this with Remus in just a second. Um, I'm really excited for this game tonight. And I, I mean, I've been to thousands of hockey games here in Winnipeg. I'm not usually ramped up for the preseason, but I'll tell you what, that game, everything about Saturday was so special, again, with the Howard Chuck ceremony beforehand, the special guests in attendance. But let's face it, when we left the rink on Saturday, we were talking about Brad Lambert. Lambert's getting another opportunity to play tonight. It'll be very interesting to see how he can match up against a much more NHL-caliber roster of the Calgary Flames. So we'll get to all of that. Um, just before we do, though, a huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including CoolBet, Princess Auto, Not Auto Corp, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Consolidated Supply, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Boston Pizza, of course, the great taste of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug Brewing as well. And, of course, our friends are over at Breezy Ben. Let's get Remus in here and get this going. What's going on, my man? How are you? Really good. I agree. I am fired up. We've been asking. There's a lot of questions about this team, Winnipeg Jets, that we've been asking since the summer. And we're closing in on the resolution. This is like um, ending you know, a TV season. with We're approaching like the cliffhanger. Okay, who's making the defense? Are these waiver-exempt players going to go down? Who's going to stay? And now Brad Lambert's kind of emerged as a guy who we didn't really think was in the mix at all for a playoff spot. Here, I can move you. I can move you over for Sorry, a playoff spot. And, um, and not a playoff spot, for a roster spot. And now we're talking about him. Um, so really exciting. And yeah, I just want to do a little PSA. Tonight's game, not on TSN. It'll be available at 
Facebook.com. I guess if you got a laptop, you can watch it on that or connect it to the TV with what airplay or maybe casting. I don't know if it's going to be on the NHL app. Um, I don't know. And then people are like, well, why is this not on TV? And Mike McIntyre tweeting out, this is TSN's decision. I don't know what they're oh, TSN cutting costs. You don't say, well, I don't know if they're like, they usually do a couple online games and I wonder if their contracts only for like four, they only have to do four preseason games. And it's pretty clear. They don't want to spend money on travel just based on them not sending the crew last week and us getting kind of a pseudo national broadcast with Brian Mudrick and Dave Poulin on Friday in Montreal. But this is a game in, in Winnipeg, but it'll be on winnipegjets.com. So everyone, everyone asking or listen on CJOB at Jamie Thomas is coming up. Well, I think he'll be on there, but I don't know what this, what this winnipegjets.com broadcast is going to be. Is it going to be just the, the Jumbotron feed with Paul and Jamie, or are they going to actually do a, a broadcast? So how about this for a novel idea? Yeah. Get a ticket. Get Go it, to the yeah. game. Get it. Check, check it out in person tonight. Listen, I can tell you that, I mean, as normal, I mean, preseason tickets, there will probably be plenty of season ticket holders that aren't going oh. to the game or might be moving their seats. You can probably get some pretty cheap hey. tickets on a resale site if uh, if you need. And listen, you know, we've talked a lot about Brad Lambert. I know people have had a limited a chance to see him. There's certainly no guarantees that he's going to be sticking around into the regular season. And we're going to talk about this Jamie Thomas. I mean, I think, and for most of the people we've talked about, it doesn't seem like the collective thought is that the Western Hockey League is going to be where he's ending up. Um, but if you want to make sure you're getting a chance to see Brad Lambert, I would suggest you pop down, grab a ticket for tonight's game and see what he can do. Um, he will be one of the big focuses of this game tonight, Reem. Uh, you know, you know, there's not a lot of more of opportunities for these players to crack the roster or to make an impression on Rick Bonus. And it's not just the young players. I mean, it's certainly some players that have been in the lineup before. Um, but we're going to see Morgan Barron for the first time in these in this preseason. He'll be playing with Lowry and Appleton. Looking forward to seeing what he can do in that spot and, you know, with that opportunity after missing the first week of camp or so with some sort of an injury. Um, you've got the fourth line of David Gustafson in the middle with one of the great stories of camp, Saku Metalainen, along with Sam Gagne. And you got Ehlers, Connor, and Shifley playing together as well, which leaves Brad Lambert, Cole Perfetti, and Dominic Toninato. And as we talked yesterday, with uh, with Mike on the show, Tony Nato is a placeholder for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, Dubois will be the 1B center, if you will, for the Winnipeg Jets. And in all likelihood, Blake Wheeler is going to be this guy on that right right side. However, I think everyone knows that Rick Bonus, um, Rick Bonus was, uh, shall we say, uh, quite interested in seeing more Brad Lambert on Saturday night. We saw more and more of him throughout the game, and we saw basically every second shift Brad Lambert out there during the three-on-three -three overtime. So, um, you know, this, while it won't be a true dress rehearsal if he was given that opportunity to play in regular season games along with, uh, along with Dubois, certainly playing with Perfetti, um, great chance for him to show what he can do again earn a spot in that final preseason game. And the bottom line for Brad Lambert right now, Reem, is to, I think, convince the Winnipeg Jets organization that first and foremost, the best spot for him is to be playing professional hockey here in the city of Winnipeg. 
and then to give them a really tough decision as to whether they sent him to the Manitoba Moose or give him a little look in the show to begin the upcoming NHL season starting next Friday. Yeah, that's something to watch. And when Mike McIntyre spelled it out yesterday, uh, I think going into that conversation, and it's on our YouTube channel as a separate video, kind of laying out, okay, there's really only like two or three spots available. It's just so easy to send Brad Lambert down to the moose. He's 18. He doesn't have NHL experience. But it's pretty clear, you know, from last game, that this guy's got skill. Uh, He can make an impact. We talk about how much scoring they don't have in the bottom six. I think he could definitely help there if he's NHL ready and there might be some growing pains. But if he plays well again, I think you got to give him a look, see how it goes. We've seen a lot of uh, Dominic Toninato and Jansen Harkins, and you're just not going to get offense from those guys. Um, So I think, you know, Brad Lambert, he showed he's got speed. He can definitely help you if you get to overtime. We know the Jets' overtime record last year uh, was not good. So... Let's see it. Let's see him with uh, Perfetti. Put him with some uh, another talented player, and we'll take a look. But I do agree. I think it's kind of tough, and I think it's just very easy to send him down and try to figure out this roster shakeup later, and maybe call him up instead of injury. But look, you got uh, what do you got? Nine games uh, with him, so maybe give him a couple. Um, Pierre Luc Du. I mean, if Pierre Luc Dubois was in, that could be an interesting line. And where does Blake Wheeler fall? I guess in the Lambert in the Lambert spot and. Or you put Lambert with with Barron, or sorry, Lambert instead of Barron, or Wheeler instead of Barron. I don't know, but it's going to be up to them tonight to make an impression and say, hey, we belong on this team. And if you're going to circle a name on the lineup to watch, yeah, Brad Lambert. And then on defense, we talked yesterday, uh, we've been talking all summer, Stanley versus Sandberg versus Hanela. It's a triple threat match. Who's getting that last spot <laughs> in the lineup? Yes, it's it's a ladder match, and there's one spot in the starting yeah. <laughs> lineup at the top of that ladder. And tonight at Canada Life Center, we'll see who survives going through into the next uh, next game. It, it is interesting that Sambrig and Nola will be playing together, and Big Stan gets the opportunity to play with Neil Pionk, and Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello playing together. And, you know, DeMello is such an interesting player. I think a very underrated player, a guy that doesn't bring a lot of offense, but certainly is such a calming factor out on the ice. And every player playing with Dylan DeMello has had better results, better, you know, all of the advanced metrics as to, you know, how much puck possession they've had, how much they've been playing in the other end is better with Dylan DeMello. And, you know, I think there's a real comfort level for Josh Morrissey playing with DeMello. And if that is the case, if you're playing those two players together, it does give you the opportunity for two Pretty solid players on the other side. Now, with no Brendan Dillon and no Nate Schmidt tonight, who I think we all assume will be part of that opening lineup, um, you're exactly right. Neil Pionk's going to be there. Stanley, Sandberg, Hanela, who stands out tonight? Who earns a spot on the roster? And then from that group, who earns a spot in the opening day lineup? So um, certainly I think that's going to be something that we'll get to, uh, that we'll be paying close attention to. And then on a goaltending side of things, little big save Dave in the home net tonight, Remo. Uh, Connor Hellebuck getting the night off. I imagine he'll get the final game in Calgary on Friday night, which means Arvid home backing up and big save Dave making the start on home ice wearing number 33. Yeah, Dave, I mean, 
Connor Hellbuck, how much work does he need in the preseason? Uh, so I don't think you need he's to. He's going to get a lot in the regular season. Yeah, he's I think gonna we get, know that. He's going to get a lot. He's played behind these guys. It's not really necessary. Get big save Dave in there. He wants to play. Uh, get him acclimated to the team, the system. So, sure. Uh, let's see more of what he can do. I'm very curious um, how many games. You haven't set, like, over-unders or anything, but how many, what kind of split we're going to look at, assuming they're both health, healthy. Uh, for the season so big save dave he is in uh, arvid holm they called him up um from the moose today uh, to back up this evening i'm not sure you still haven't heard any clarity Has anyone ever been called up during training camp before now that i think about it yeah i it was kind of <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird to see a call but I, I have no idea i'm not sure we don't know what's going on with mikhail burden what his situation is but uh holm in to back up and you know we got a lot of comments yesterday has on the defense the this where are you on the stanley sandberg hey, you know, a lot of people are commenting saying we don't need any more small d we need some big d like big stan um and i i agree with you um you know you i think you can be an effective defenseman without being a massive guy we've seen this from colorado i mean their guys aren't aren't the biggest uh, around six feet and jets guys around six feet as well so uh, I think Stanley definitely struggled last year. Struggled in the first game. We'll see how it goes. You can uh, be six tonight. seven all you want. You need to get it done on the ice. And yes, uh, you know I had a real interesting conversation this morning um, with somebody. We were talking about Stanley, and you know one of the things that Stanley had done pretty well in the past. In, in the past, when he was on his game, was making that first pass. Um, I think, you know, through a number of uh, of reasons last year, that pass wasn't there. There was a lot more running around in the own end, in their own end. And to be honest, I think there was a real lack of communication between the defense core, especially a younger player like Stanley and the forwards. Um, but, you know, Logan Stanley, just plain and simple, needs to play a heck of a lot better uh, if he's going to make himself the obvious choice to to be in the roster, on the roster, and in the lineup. And I don't think that's happened so far. And I think the potential you have with a player like Dylan Sandberg, uh, and of course, Vili Hainala, who has a very, very different frame and a different skill set, they bring different things to, uh, you know, to the ice. And, and the bottom line is we can talk about guys being 6'7", and hell yeah, you want to have a big guy, it's great, but... If that big guy isn't taking care of the front of the net, is getting beat on one-on-one -on -one battles, and again, I don't want to come across as I'm picking on Logan Stanley, but he's in a dogfight right now for a job. I mean, there's no, there's no, he's not getting grandfathered into the lineup because he played more than the other guys in the last couple seasons. So he's got a huge opportunity tonight playing with a guy like Neil Pionk because if Bones is going into this season with Dylan and Schmidt and Morrissey and DeMello, we're basically auditioning a partner for Neil Pionk, and that partner is going to play significant minutes. I mean, we'll see how the special teams shake out, who's killing penalties, who's on the power play. But at five on five, if those are the three jet pairings, I don't think we're going to see Neil Pionk have a majorly diminished role. So this is a big chance for Big Stan tonight to have a strong game and maybe boost his stock, which I think has collectively you know when most people we, we've been talking about this with most of our guests and other people around 
the way that he started the season that he had last year, the way things ended last year, sort of had him maybe looking up, certainly at Dylan Sandberg. And again, Billy Hanel is, you know, a bit more of a, in a different category, but a very different player that's fighting for that same spot as well. So as much as all eyes are going to be on Brad Lambert tonight and what he can do in another opportunity, I think maybe the most interesting battle will be on the blue line, shift after shift tonight with those three players all battling for the confidence of the coaching staff and a spot on the team. Yeah, I agree. We're also going to get another look at um, Sam Gagne getting in his uh, second preseason game. You know, veteran guy, you know what he is. How many preseason games do you need him to play? But you asked Mike yesterday, Huss, like, are we going to start the season with the fourth line being uh, Mainalainen, Gustafsson, Gagne, and are Harkins and Toninato getting pu- getting pushed out? For them, and I think uh, look, Harkins isn't in the lineup tonight. So, uh, Mainalainen getting another addition. He's played. Has he played in like almost leading the team in preseason games here uh, since oh, yeah. game one? I mean, they're taking a long look at this guy, uh, bigger guy, and some NHL experience. You know, went to finish league, the older, older player. But I wonder if he can make an impact and be a solid fourth line guy with Gustafson and Gagne if that's it. So he's getting another look. I think if you're Toninato or or Harkins, maybe you're kind of worried about uh, the security of your roster spot. Well, uh, for sure. And, 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 you know, Dominic Toninato is, I, I mean, a player that can be on the roster, but he is, I mean, he's basically, I think you could say, am I, am I fair in calling him a replacement level I, player? I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? If he's if he's in, if you need to call on him, he can come in, he can kill a penalty, he can play a regular shift on a fourth line. But I mean, I don't think very often we've talked about Dominic Toninato being a major difference maker. Now, part of that might have been how little the fourth line played in the past, and we'll see whether that's any different during under Rick Bonus. But, the, but, I mean, read the room, folks. I mean, the fact that he's in Dubois' spot right now tells me that he's in all likelihood, you know, the 13th forward. Or the 14th forward. And yes, for Jansen Harkins, I would be somewhat nervous watching this. You know, you've got the signing of Sam Gagne. I would assume that he's on the squad. And the fact that Menelainen has caught the eyes of the coaching staff as he has throughout this. And will have another opportunity to show what he can do. Playing with David Gustafson, who I certainly think projects to be that opening day fourth line center. A lot of intrigue going into this game tonight. Um, Hey, let's get to the why not question of the day. And again, we've been getting some great feedback from the folks on the YouTube channel. Um, If you're listening on the podcast a little later on and you want to get your thoughts in on the why not question of the day, just go to Winnipeg Sports Talk on YouTube. Make sure to hit that red subscribe button while you're there and add us into the comments with your thoughts on the why not question of the day. And it's a real simple one today. Who's making the team? Are we going with, uh, you know, give us a player that you think is in and a player that you think is out. Um, going in, again, obviously, nothing's set in stone yet because there are still two preseason games and much more to happen before we get to next Friday and that big home opener for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll hear from Rick Bonus in a few minutes, uh, and we'll get back to some more chat on the why not question of the day for our friends at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery and online at not.ca. Uh, we are going to get ready for this game tonight, and uh, we'll fill you in on the broadcast as well. We had a bunch of questions about that as far as where people can see it with Jamie Thomas. Just before we do that, big shout out to our guys down at Consolidated Supply. Great to have uh, Spicy and Joe and Gino on board with us. Uh, 
you may not know, but they've been the leaders in the golf industry for a number of categories in a long time. Bottom line is when it comes to beautiful lawns and irrigation, they've got you covered. And if you're sick and tired of mowing grass or want to build that dream putting green, they've got incredible artificial turf solutions that our guy, longtime listener Joe, can help you out with that uh, if you're maybe thinking about putting a dream putting green in the backyard. Speaking of that backyard, outdoor kitchens, hot tubs, so many cool things that they can have to build your backyard of your dreams. And while you're at it, thinking of the upcoming golf season, golf carts. Maybe you need have a use for a cart and some sort of an industrial capacity. Maybe you need a four or six seater. They're the club car dealer for Manitoba. They've got some real souped up, tricked out ones. They can custom do one for you. Find out more down at Consolidated Supply. And you can check them out online at cte.ca or pop down and see. They've got a great headquarters. So much fun getting a tour of that place. 1395 Niagara Road East. Or give them a call at 470-3832. Um, hey, if you want great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, you should be shopping at one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca. Of course, Thanksgiving just around the corner. Vita Health carries Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. And when you shop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family owned and operated since 1936. Don't forget about those great, delicious lunch options at their Vita Market Grab and Go Deli, including Vita Market salad, soup, sandwiches, and more. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And hey, I got to give a big shout out to Nathan and Gord down at Wallace and Wallace. Was down at Wallace and Wallace today. Uh, man, it was an eye-opener there. I thought, I didn't know a lot about fences before. We've talked about them, got to see everything that they're doing. What a what an interesting and successful local company. And they are the fencing experts and have been for decades. What you might not know is that they're also the leaders in overhead doors and garage doors, working with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. And uh, just in time for the change of seasons, you can get a brand new garage door built, delivered and installed within four weeks or might be a good time to talk to the experts in Wallace and Wallace about servicing if you've got any issues on your garage door before we get to winter. Best way to do that, pop down and see them as I did today at the showroom on 90 Lawson Road. Find out more at wallacedoors.com or give them a call. All right, let's talk some Jets. We got a game tonight, final home preseason game before the show starts for real next Friday as the Rangers come to town and Jamie Thomas of Jets TV joins us now from Winnipeg Jets HQ. JT, what is up, man? How you doing? Looking forward to this game tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's been a long time coming, I think, waiting for the Jets to get as close to the opening night roster as possible and then have reasonable um, competition as well, right? I think Calgary's dressing a fair a chunk of their opening night roster as well. And I, I think Rick Bonus said it best today where he, he wants guys like Brad Lambert to go up against quality competition. And I, I think that's completely fair. We've, we've seen pretty good what the pretty well, what Lambert can do in two games so far, but also I think we all know that roster that Edmonton brought here on Saturday wasn't exactly elite. Uh, and Montreal was a pretty good roster, but I think this, this, this challenge tonight against the Calgary Flames will be uh, pretty stiff 
for the likes of young Brad Lambert and, and, and the others that are trying to get their foot in the door for the opening night roster on the Jets. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of uh, Hellebuck and Markstrom, the two elite starting goaltenders of these teams mm-hmm. who won't be playing, I mean, a pretty good look at um, the majority of Daryl Sutter's lineup. We will see yeah. Jonathan Huberto playing with Lindholm and Toffoli, Nazem Kadri in the middle with Dubé and Mangiapane, and Mackenzie Wieger playing with Chris Tanev on a really elite top pairing. Um, amazing the job that Brad Treleving did, so it'll be interesting to see Calgary, but you're exactly right. I mean, listen, Brad Lambert has been the talk of the town since his yes. first two preseason games. Um, hard to imagine an 18-year-old coming in and making more of a splash uh, and listen, it's one thing for fans to be excited, but it was pretty clear that Rick Bonus was infatuated by what this young man was doing on Saturday night as well, because there in the third period was Lambert moving up in the lineup, going over the boards yeah. more. And then in three on three overtime, he was going out every second shift and shot in the shootout. Um, you know, we talk about opportunities being earned, Jamie, and I think yeah. coming in to this camp, I mean, we really thought that, oh, it'd be great. Maybe he'll get into a game. It'd be nice to see him get a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, you know, dealing with the pros in training camp and then move on potentially even to junior hockey. It's been pretty clear that Brad Lambert has done everything he can to change that narrative over the course of the past week. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think what it's been good for us is that, you know, there was all that skepticism after Lambert was a healthy scratch at the World Juniors in Edmonton. Uh, for his native Finland and there was rumblings about bust and et cetera. And there's some disappointment in there as well. But I, I and the fact that he starts camp, I mean, he played, he played pretty well as the tournament went along in Penticton at the young stars uh, events there. And then, you know, it was hurt to start camp here. And that Rick bonus said that it was kind of disappointing not to be able to see him and see what he had to offer. And yeah, he he's been electric at times. And I think this is kind of, kind of, I don't want to say accentuated the fact that how good of a pick that was at 30th overall in the, in the first round uh, this past June. I think a lot of people, you know, I think the Jets were clearly as a scouting staff were thrilled that he dropped that far uh, considering where he was, you know, expected to go before last season started. So for him to dance the way he has and to flash the way he has so far, it's been great. And it, it training camp can be pretty dry at times. What Brad Lambert has done is kind of spice things up a little bit. And I love the fact that the, uh, that bonus has got him with Tony Nato and Perfetti, two of the more, the, 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 you know, top picks right there and Perfetti and Lambert combining and they, and they had a pretty goal that was called back in an offside in that game against the Edmonton Oilers. So excited to see what those two will look like together on the ice on the line. And of course, you know, Morgan Barron back with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton, it almost seemed like, that was the one line that you could pencil in. Like you you weren't surprised to see that happen. You're like, okay, how this is all going to shake out with the new coaching staff. You just felt that Morgan Barron, Adam Lowry, and Mason Appleton were going to be put together. Uh, Morgan Barron injured to start things off and now gets his first preseason game. So excited to see there. And then, you know, Saku Menelainen, a, a big body guy. And what I've liked about him outside of his play in, in the preseason is he's kind of getting underneath the skin of his teammates at training camp. You saw him and Blake Wheeler flashing each other the other day at practice at the Iceplex. If he can get underneath the skin of his teammates, that means there's that you know that huge potential of getting underneath the skin of the opposition as well. So I, I like that type of player in your lineup, and never mind the fact the size he is. So th- there is a lot of interest heading into 
this fifth preseason game. But, buddy, I, I don't know about you. I'm just thrilled that there's just six of these because let's just get – I know there's a long stretch between games, between the last preseason game and, and opening night against the New York Rangers on October 14th. But I, I we all get our fill of preseason after a while. So thankful for Brad Lambert so far to kind of waking us up and getting us excited again about well, coming to the rink well, for a preseason I, I, game. You know what? I just said this before you jumped on. I haven't been as interested or excited to get to a preseason game as yeah. I was on Saturday or tonight in a long time. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. face it. The last three or four years – it's been exactly that. All right, like let's go. Let's get to the. Yeah. But, but this year, with the new coaching staff, with new systems, um, and some new exciting players that are challenging for spots in the lineup, to me, there's a whole different atmosphere around these preseason games. And part of it also, Jamie, includes competition for some veterans to keep their spots in the lineup. And you mentioned Tony Nato and Harkins. Um, Harkins yeah. isn't in the lineup tonight, and. Listen, he'll be watching to see what happens on that fourth line because I think sort of that's the spot. He had an opportunity playing earlier with Appleton and Adam Lowry and now Morgan Barron's getting that shot. And then right. the Brad Lambert thing has almost been a bonus because I don't think anyone realistically expected that we'd be talking and having like serious conversations on do they keep him around for a few games at the start of the season in the National mm -hmm. Hockey League. And again, we'll see what happens. Um, I know there's an element to pump the brakes. It's been two games, and I I'm here for that. Yes. But at the same yeah. time, um, you know what? You Rick Bonus bases his decisions based on what he's seeing on the ice. Everyone else is watching that too, and there's a reason why mm -hmm. everyone was talking about Brad Lambert coming out of that game. And the one thing I'll say, and I'll see where I heard you speaking earlier this week. I'm wondering whether you're still on that same uh, same wavelength right now. Um, yeah. I would have to think that what he's done – playing against men, even even in the NHL preseason where we're talking about maybe a bunch of them are AHLers, that he is ready for that challenge. Um, I would have thought that it would have been maybe 50-50 or 60-40 yeah. going to junior earlier. From where I'm sitting, I think Brad Lambert has done himself a huge service to at least make plans to stay in Winnipeg with his play, um, whether that's with the Manitoba Moose or getting an opportunity like some players have at the beginning of their rookie season to see if they can stick in the big leagues. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I appreciate that. I, I want to see what he has. I don't want to say, about, I don't want to talk about Friday right now, but now you're going against a, a really good defensive team and maybe one of the most elite defensive group of six that there is in the National Hockey League right now with, with the Calgary Flames. So I want to see this tonight and likely Friday against the Flames on the road as close to rosters you're going to get for the Calgary Flames on their home ice too. So I still feel at this point from what I've seen and where this is going right now, I still think Junior is the best option for Brad Lambert. A lot has to happen. He still has to sign. And that was brought up by Rick Bonus yesterday. That's that's num priority number one after they figure out what they're going to do. So if if he plays as well, and makes the smart plays instead of trying to do too much. Like Rick Bonus was saying the other night, he kind of stood there, made a play, and took, you know, instead of just getting the puck in, uh, lived to fight another day. He, he's got to make those types of decisions. And I think that of in overtime, remember he tried to go around Jesse Pugliarvi, tried to go through his legs, and Pugliarvi just shoved him over into the boards in front of the Jets bench. I think that's what he has to realize, that you can go through somebody's skates once in the National Hockey League, you will not be able to do it again that same game and likely not often through that. So we'll, we'll see how he adapts to it, but I I'm still on that as of this moment. And of course my mind can change as much as anybody's. 
I still think Junior is the best place for him well, as of this, as of to, we're talking right now. To be honest, that's kind of the reason why I hope that he doesn't go there because yeah. he's going to be able to do that shit all day long against players yeah. in the Western Hockey League against totally 16 fair. and 17 year olds. Like we all yeah. know, no matter how talented you are, you get playing with the big boys and I'll include the American hockey league in that as well. And there's sometimes some hard lessons that have to be learned. And when you mm -hmm. see the package that he has with what he's done, even if it's not going to be at the NHL level, and I think that's still way, way off. Although if he plays well enough, considering the market and the makeup of the roster, I think there certainly would be the potential that, you know, based on injuries or whatnot, if things are going well at the A, he could be a call-up. But I just right. think that maybe some of those lessons to be learned to prepare him sooner for the NHL might happen at the American Hockey League level. But again, not our decision to make, but he will have the opportunity to make that decision that much harder for the Winnipeg Jets when things get going on tonight. Um, what do you make of, uh, like, what do we know about Dubois? I mean, he was out there today. He's out, Toninato getting an yep. opportunity, sort of, I mean, I would say that it looks like he would be somewhat of a placeholder for Dubois. I think if you read the tea leaves, and certainly Blake Wheeler yeah. would be that guy that is taking a seat tonight for Brad Lambert. Um, is this pretty close, do you think, to our lineup right now when we get to uh, get to the Friday game minus Dubois and Wheeler not being in it? Or uh, are we basically talking about two more games for the likes of Manalainen to show that he belongs um, and maybe Jansen yeah. Harkins getting back in for one final opportunity to say, actually, coach, I need to be that guy? <laughs> yeah, I think... Because of, you know, this is Scott O'Neill the other day before the Oiler game. Because of the division of Jets playing, we all know it's it's a heavy, heavy division. So to me, Saku Menelainen kind of fits in there, heavy forward that you need, that big body with the reach, can kill penalties. And he's kind of like stepped in there. So, and I know Jansen Harkin still has a lot of say in this so far. You know, clearly Dubois and Wheel are going to be in there. Uh, just another chance, you know, David Gustafson's got some. Nothing to, not going to say so much to prove, but he's got to put his foot in there somewhere as well to make this a little bit more difficult. So I, I, I think we're getting there, but at the same time, there's still the user Rick Bonham. He had, nobody's played their way out of the lineup yet, is the best way to put it. And that, that, that ties in the blue line with Sandberg, Stanley, and Hanela. That's why they're in the lineup again tonight. So you know what Schmidt and Dylan bring. There's not much use getting them in. You got to get, you got to get Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello in. This is just their second game. But I, I wish I could have a, a pulse on what I think the opening roster is going to look like, but I still think there's a lot of people that have a lot of say in how that bottom six is going to fill out or uh, what that sixth, seventh defenseman is going to look like right now. So, But I, I just think Saku Menelainen keeps putting his foot there and saying, I'll, I'm good here. And, you know, talking to him the other day, he comes over back from Europe and he says he realized this is like his last chance to play in the NHL. And again, speaking with Rick Bonus, you know, players when they go, I asked him, what is the difference when a player comes to the NHL, goes back to Europe, and then comes back to the NHL again? He says a lot of these guys come back realizing they have to work for that ice time rather than expect the ice time. And I believe that's where Sacramento Linen is right now. And, and it's showing. I, I just, you know, he has answered the bell time and time again. And this is what, again, has made camp more interesting this year because there actually is battle. I, I we When training camp started, Huss, I'm sure you were the same. We're all sitting there. I think a lot of these spots are taken care of. Like we were sitting back going, okay, this is probably going to be the most blah camp there is. Well, hold on a second. There's been a lot of people putting their foot in the door here. 
And again, going back to our original point, it's just been a lot more interesting to watch right now of what's going to transpire and how things are going to look in a, in just over a week's time. Well, to be honest, I mean, I I will I guess sort of agree with you. I I, I didn't know what to expect because it was going to be yeah. a bonus, but I can tell you that the last few training camps was exactly what you said. I mean, we sort of knew the way Paul Maurice operated. We knew the guys that he yeah. liked. We knew the players that were there. There wasn't a lot of suspense, and really, it didn't seem like there was a ton of legitimate competition. It's far from that right now. It's incredibly refreshing from the outside mm -hmm. to be watching it. And you know what yeah. else has been refreshing? To hear Rick Bonus speak so candidly and honestly with the fans through the media um, mm -hmm. with some of the things that he's said about what he's trying to instill. You've been around on a daily basis. Um, what's it been like working with Rick Bonus? And uh, what's he when the cameras haven't been off? What have you noticed? What have you picked up about what he's trying to instill in this team and the way he's leading so far early on in his tenure here with the 2.0 club. I, I just think a guy that's been around enough that nothing surprises him. You, you can't really throw anything at him that he's not going to, he's going to be overwhelmed with. And he has a vision of how this team is going to look and how it's going to play. It's just, are you going to play that system or not? Are, are you going to fit in? And I found that, you know, another one where Talking about mental lining again, you know, he hasn't played the left side. Well, the coach is saying you're going to play the left side. You're going to play the left side. That's just all there is to it. And, you know, defensive playing on their off, off side as well. You're going to play because the coach is asking you to do that. So a lot of guys putting in places where they haven't really been before, but where the coaching staff believes they can be successful. Another thing I've found very refreshing is just the fact that they know Billy Hainala succeeds in an offensive type position, right? So he puts them on the first power play the other night. You know, mental line's got to kill penalties. They're going to put on the penalty kill. we got to see this guy here. So same thing. That's what I've liked. You put guys where they can be successful, where they're supposed to be in order to see them at their best. Dylan Sandberg, first penalty kill the other night against the Oilers. So I like that. I like that he's he's pretty clear about where he feels people fit in, where people are going to succeed. And that, that part has been rather enjoyable. And the fact that he's just a, a great guy with a lot of positivity in a, in a city and a team that needs the positivity. It's just been too negative here for tar far too long. And that part to me is I think people are starting to understand that this is a whole new, whole new rodeo. It's a whole new situation. It may be some of the same cast of characters, but they're being put in different places. And that's a good thing. And not to knock anything that happened before, but this is what's going on right now. And I think it's exactly what this team needed. Jamie Thomas of uh, Jets TV and, uh, of course, the radio broadcast along with Polly on 680 CJOB with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. The one competition that we do did know when we were expecting it all summer long was the blue line. I think we yeah. maybe thought there might be two spots available for those three guys as opposed to one. But with the five veterans here, I mean, it's pretty simple to assume that for the 14th of October, only one of... Dylan Sandberg, Philly Hainala, or Logan Stanley will be playing for the Winnipeg Jets in front of the home fans that night. Whether they're on the roster, we will see where that goes out. But as far as that right. three-way battle, um, do you take anything that Logan Stanley's playing with Neil Pionk tonight and Philly Hainala and Dylan Sandberg will be together? And any thoughts on if one player has sort of done a better job than the other two to maybe inch ahead of them in the eyes of the coaching staff going into some very important decisions before the 14th. Yeah. And, and I think just mentioned a little bit earlier to you, my friend is just that no one's kind of played their way out of it. Now, what for me, like Billy's 
more confident than ever. Like I, I just think, you know, because of what the coaching staff is is laying down, what they're where they're putting him, I think there's and I to me, I, he's his shot has improved tremendously since the time he was drafted. So there's a lot of improvement, a lot of more confidence. He told me the other day he loves playing with Brendan Dillon because remember at the start of camp they put a, a younger player with a younger, a more veteran defenseman. That's been very. Uh, beneficial to them as well. And now we're starting to see, of course, Morrissey and DeMello are back together tonight. We're starting to see more of the same gang, Smith and Dylan not playing tonight. Start, starting to see a little bit more of that. But yeah, Neil Pionk, you know, he's already played with Dylan Sandberg. I think it's just nobody's in front of anybody right now. So whether or not you want to go with three offensive, smaller defensemen with Pionk, um, Morrissey and Hanela, if that's what you want to choose to do, or you want to stay with because of the heavier division, you want to stay with Sandberg and Stanley as your six seven. It's it, that's why these next two games are so important because I, like anybody else, have not seen anybody like they haven't played terrible and they haven't played where they're like, this guy's been this much better than the other guy. So I think everything's pretty even right now. So now, again, with the more stiff competition with Calgary's, you know, some pretty elite lines, those first two lines, let's see how this all shakes out because now the real challenge begins here. And now the pressure is on because decisions are having to be made. Does anybody buckle under that pressure or does anybody come and say, uh, bring it on? That's what we're going to see over these next two days. Well, and one of the other things that Bonus has mentioned, and this is not unique to Rick. I mean, uh, certainly Paul Maurice had mentioned this before. I mean, when you're talking about rounding out your roster, um, there's Mm -hmm. often key roles that you need to be filled. I mean, Maurice always talked about the guys that he wanted in his fourth line were guys that, you know, could be checkers and certainly could contribute to the penalty kill. It's very interesting I mean, Vili is a guy that can help on the power play and looked really good on Saturday in that opportunity. And Brad Lauer, we heard yesterday on the program, speak glowingly of what he did on the man advantage. Dylan Sandberg's a guy that really has to establish himself in a PK role. And Logan Stanley, and I'm not sure whether this is an advantage or a disadvantage, they've got a lot of tape, albeit not necessarily this coaching staff, on what Stanley's been able to do in a penalty-killing role before. And, you know... How they play in these next two games, I think, will be the number one factor in who gets that first opportunity. But you can't ignore the rest of the roster, how it's coming together, and where they feel they might have more of a need on one side of special teams as to who might put themselves in a better position for that coveted sixth spot on the home opener. Yeah, and that sixth spot, I think, has to be a penalty kill situation too, Huss. I mean, and... They got to get better in that department. The the penalty kill has come under fire, and for very good reason. And they got if they want to get in the upper part in the top ten of the league, that just somebody has to lock that down and, and be a part of the, the the solution, not be part of the problem. So, I, I just that that another fascinating part of this whole thing is who is the better penalty killer? Who's going to grab that? And I know Logan Stanley is there, but you know, you know Dylan Sandberg. This could be his first full year. He looked great at that time, then looked lost at other times, which is to be expected in your first foray into the National Hockey League. You know, I always think of that game in Florida, which probably isn't a very fair evaluation because of how good Florida was last year and the way the schedules shaped out for the Jets um, last season too. So, um, you know, the fact that they put Billy with Neil Pionk in the second power play unit in the morning skate, this, there's like the, another, okay, you're going to the power play. Morris is going to do the first power play unit. Here's another chance to show where you can be where you can help us out here. So all, all these things are being put into play tonight, my friend. And 
so glad that we get to be a part of it and so glad that this is happening because it's just it's just it's great theater right now. Now, there was a lot of talk about um, watching the game tonight, and I suggested maybe people go old school and get a ticket yeah. and show up tonight and actually get the chance yeah, to helps. see Brad Lambert, you know, first and foremost. I will be there. Uh, but if people yeah. aren't able to uh, get there, it's a little different tonight. It's not going to be on TSN. Fill us in on uh, how the broadcast going to work. What do we know about who's calling the game uh, and obviously where people can find it? A little different than normal tonight. Yeah, pretty simple, my friend. WinnipegJets.com is where you're going to be able to watch the game. It's uh, we're, the we're going to be streaming it tonight. You'll hear the melodious voice of Paul Edmonds for that one because you know the TSN guys. They're new. They're trying to work their way in here. So John Lou's like, I don't know if I can do this every night in the preseason. Dan Robertson's like, ah. And then Kevin Sorry wants to take another vacation, so we're going to we're more than happy to fill in for them. So the, the game's on the website, as you can see right there, WinnipegJets.com. Uh, tune in and all the fun will be there. We'll stream that one for you guys because uh, you have to get your fill of the Jets if you can't come to the building tonight. But it, I know it's beautiful outside, but why not come to the rink? There is something hot going on inside the building if I could sell it any better than that because I'm, I'm all about selling the tickets, Huss. Hey, you know what? Uh, we got to tell the best thing for Dan, especially yeah. being here new yes. and John returning, like let's yeah. connect with the fans, boys. I got a spot for you up in three sixteen tonight. I'll have a cold one for you at the intermission. You want to pound the pavement, shake some hands, kiss some babies? We got a spot yeah. for you tonight up in the corner of the upper bowl Come on, for Lou. this game tonight. Because you're from here, doesn't mean it's just like you roll in here. I'm from Winnipeg. Oh, everyone's gonna love me. That's not and, how it works here. You have to earn your right here. And you know what, Lou would also have the opportunity today with this gorgeous weather to uh, yeah. show off some of that legendary drip by maybe bringing out the short suit for today. Yeah. Like this, this is pose, a day for the short suit. He can pose by the Howard Chuck statue. I, uh, this is your time, John Lou. Like apparently he brought a trailer with him from all his, with all his fall wear. So we're, we're all going to sit back and, and see and make, you know what? I felt like I have some pretty nice suits, but John Lou comes in and the first day I'm looking at him like you butthole. Like, come on. Like, oh, you know, just, uh, I got to go buy a new suit. Rennie's sweating right now. Because, yeah. uh, I oh, mean, there's, totally. there's a new sheriff in town when it comes to the fashion oh. game amongst the Winnipeg media. Um, hey, jokes cool. aside, though, jokes aside, though, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, obviously we saw that great message of John so excited to come back to home for him. Mm. Um, and Dan, I mean, anyone that's seen the games know that we are getting an incredibly accomplished broadcaster to fill the huge shoes of Dennis Bayak. Um, but if you come sure. across the guys, have you had a chance to chat with them quite a bit? I mean, uh, what are you getting about the excitement level of those two to be a part of uh, the team bringing Winnipeg Jets hockey to this fan base all season long? Well, the best part about John Lewis, I don't have to tell him where anything is, right? He just like he knows every street inside and out. So I don't he goes, where do I have to go for this? And I'm, I'm absolutely, I've lived here five years now. I'm terrible. I don't know where anything is. I just go, I used to just go over there. So I don't adventure out too much. But Robertson sat beside me on the plane. Great guy, talked my ear off, you know, which Dennis did a lot too. But more times it was me asking Dennis all kinds of questions on the plane. But uh, Dan's a fantastic guy, very thrilled about being here. And, you know, it's two, two new guys in the back of the bus when we're on the road with, with Edmonds and I, and of course, Kevin Sawyer. Lou's not traveling to start, which I don't blame him because he's just trying to get his feet wet uh, here and proving himself with his wardrobe and all that stuff like that and showing off what he knows about the city of Winnipeg. But uh, Dan, Dan's, Dan's been great. So it, I feel, I, actually, I don't feel bad for him. It's just really great to see that TSN has found a way to do a good job of replacing people. It's not easy to do. Sarah and, and 
of course, Dennis, uh, legendary here in the city of Winnipeg. So it's great to see that TSN stepped up the plate and, and found two very <laughs> able uh, replacements. Well, I'll say this. I mean, for obvious reasons, I had do have, still have some issues with our former employer. However, Remus <laughs> maybe said Whoa. it the best. Remus maybe yeah. said it the best. The TSN Jets crew had a Brad yeah. Treleving like offseason. You had to fill in for Dennis Bayak and Sarah Orleski, and we get John Liu and Dan Robertson. So, Remo, maybe. Remus, has- genius. <laughs> genius, Remus. Thank you. Thank Shut you. it down for the rest of the week. Take uh, the rest of the week off. It doesn't even matter what you do now. You don't even have to do anything. Tell uh, Patterson to do his own button pushing. He's fine. <laughs> Trust me, it doesn't work like that. Um, Jamie, thanks for doing this. Say what's up no to problem. Paul. Again, folks, it's winnipegjets.com. If you can't get to the game tonight, that's where you'll watch it. And basically, same operation on Friday for the final preseason game? Yes. We're we're actually auditioning for Robertson and Sawyer's job while they're taking a vacation here. So maybe we'll start the season on TV. I'm, just, I'm throwing it out there. But I don't have Barat's hair, so I can't do it, which you'll see in the next segment. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Jamie, all the best. We'll see you at the rink. Uh, enjoy uh, the uh, broadcast the next couple days and cannot wait to get no things problem. going next week when uh, the games count for real. Home opener on the 14th of October. Have a great one, pal. You too, guys. See you later. Good stuff. There is the uh, the commish himself, my guy, Jamie Thomas. Didn't even get to any fantasy talk. There's that much excitement about the upcoming season. All right. Murata Tesh going to join us in just a minute. Again, why not question of the day? Hit us up in the comments of the YouTube broadcast for today. Um, Who's making the team? Give me a player that you think is in from that bubble group and a player that you think might be on the outside looking in. Um, Of course, our friends at Not Autocorp. So busy going in. And I was talking to Trevor and the guys yesterday. And I've told you before about the Tesla Experience program where you can do overnight or weekend-long Tesla experiences now available with the opportunity to learn about electric vehicles and technologies from the Tesla experts. They've got 30 Teslas on the lot right now. Um, you know, my guy Andre sent me over a bunch of other great vehicles that they've got, including a 2017 Jaguar F-Pace, a 2018 Lexus NX300, and a 2018 Audi Q5, just an example of some of the great premium pre-owned vehicles that they've got there. But certainly, if you are thinking electric and making that move, before you do anything, head on down, talk to the gang at Not Auto Corp about everything involved. And if you'd like to get involved in that Tesla experience, very successful program with plenty of stock there. Not Auto Corp, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team, Waverly and McGilvery and online at knots.ca. Um, hey, a big shout out to our friends at Royal Sports. We mentioned that we have some new lids coming in through a little collab with Royal and New Era. Uh, we're also getting toques. I believe the toques coming in this week, so we'll look forward to showing those off for you very soon. Uh, but when it comes to your Jets gear, your Bomber gear, Blue Jays playoffs beginning on Friday. And of course, Canada coming up in the World Cup. There is no better spot with more amazing licensed merchandise and a bigger selection than Royal Sports. But so much more than that, you know, we just finished up soccer and baseball season. Now it's time to hit the ice. Royal has been the hockey superstore for over four decades with hockey players as the staff to help you get the best piece of equipment for you and the player in your family. And of course, uh, right down to skate sharpening by the experts as well. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, online at 
or uh, on Instagram, I should say, Royal Sports Pemina. Make sure you're giving them a, a follow for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And Friday's the day, final preseason game, and the day that we will come through with our long-awaited second suit show. And uh, I'm actually quite excited about this. There was a long time where I hated the thought of putting on a suit. Now that I've been to F Apparel, got a uh, new custom suit to fit me perfectly based on exactly what I wanted, I am absolutely ready to go for Friday. Folks, if you need to step up your suit game and uh, just your, in general, uh, you know, attire for some of the more dressier events, F Apparel is the spot. Pop down custom suits beginning at 400 bucks. The entire process was amazing. Andrew's staff measured you up, figure out the style that you want, color, go through some fabrics, get a few accessories, and you are good to go. We'll show it off on Friday on our show. And again, if you've got a wedding coming up, talk to the fellas there about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits at F Apparel. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown, and that's F-E-P-H-Apparel.com. And hey, our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ are enjoying this amazing, amazing weather uh, Nick hit me up earlier today, said they're still busy. Those summer blizzard flavors are still rolling out. And of course, as we get into the winter, don't forget about the amazing stack burgers that are available at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park and DQ St. Anne's. And I should give a little shout out. I know Nick was doing a lot of work today, but he said Quint, Quinton from Clean Line, uh, Sewer and Drain, big fan of the program, was helping his out, needed to give me a shout-out to him. So, Quinton, shout-out to you. Say hi to Jeremy and the gang over at Clean Line. Great to, uh, great to know you guys are working together. All right, let's get back to some Jets talk. Marat Atesh has the latest piece in The Athletic projecting the Winnipeg Jets opening night lineup. We've been spending a lot of time talking about that, and I guess the decisions aren't made yet because there's two more preseason games, including tonight's home preseason finale. Let's welcome Murat in right now. What's going on? How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Glad to be here. How are, you, how are things? You know, things are great. I'd have been in just the best mood over the course of the past week. I mean, there's a lot of excitement right now with the season here. And I'm just happy to be done talking about last season, first and foremost. Um but you know what? I mean, Rick Bonus, I think in a lot of ways, has injected some energy into the team, into the proceedings, as well as into the fan base. And I'll tell you what, for a long time, Murat, we've been talking about a guy to come in and try and establish accountability, try and establish a system that will, you know, give the Jets a better chance to win and also some opportunity for young players. And hey, listen, the roster's not set right now. We'll see what happens going into game one next week. But all of those storylines have really seemingly come to fruition. And then there's just the refreshing way that Rick has sort of candidly talked with fans through the media about what he's trying to accomplish and what he's seeing. And uh, overall, it's been a real fun couple weeks. And got to tell you, the mood around the fan base, I think, continues to get more and more excited for what's to come next week. But like I said to Remo, I haven't been jacked up for preseason hockey like this in a long, long time. Before, I was like, let me know when the season starts. I'm looking forward to going to this game tonight. I can't wait to see Brad Lambert again. I'm looking forward to seeing what the three defensemen on the bubble are doing to jockey in their positions right now. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot to be interested in, even at a time that, you know, often can be a little tedious towards the end of training camp and the exhibition schedule. 
I mean, the mood is about hope and expectations. And when you have a reasonable belief that things are going to get better in some way, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot, I, I think that you're not alone in terms of how jacked you are to just see where things are going. For me, Rick Bonus at 67 years old, I think he's still 67. I don't know what month he was born in, but 67 at the time of his hiring. Um, there's a there's an ability that he brings that he's seen basically everything before in terms of the ups and downs of the NHL, um, going back to his time in Winnipeg in the 80s, going back to the expansion senators and everything in between and, and since then as well. And with people like that, there's sometimes a possibility that having seen it all and said it all and done it all, well, you're nonplussed by everything. You think you don't you don't have it in you to to act. You don't have it in you to be sort of hungry for change and improvement. And I think what we've seen from Bonus is that he has that hunger. It's not that he's seen it all and done it all and is therefore going to be complacent with this team. It's that he knows sort of which buttons to push. And admittedly, it's preseason, of course. Winnipeg has zero points in the regular season standings. There's just a sense that he's teaching what needs to be taught. He's communicating in ways that need to be communicated in. And when it comes to being willing to make change, whether it's changing the captaincy, taking that from Blake Wheeler, um, whether it's giving young players long looks well into camp, and you could see that in Brad Lambert on the second line with Dominic Toninato and Cole Pervetti today. You could see it in a player like David Gustafson, who last year was on the fifth or sixth line, depending on how you wanted to draw it up, never really had a shot. And it looks like he's on his way to making the NHL team. You can certainly see it with Villa Hainala and Dylan Sandberg partnered today with a chance uh, to have at least one, possibly two last auditions. But this could be the last night for some people as they try to make uh, make the team out of camp. Now, Marat, let's, uh, I think probably on the show for the last couple days, at least half of the conversations have been surrounding Brad Lambert. And off of air, maybe 90% of my conversations with people have revolved around Brad Lambert. I mean, the two games that he had, we didn't do a show on Friday for Truth and Reconciliation Day. We hadn't seen him play yet. And we saw that game in Montreal, what he did, especially in the third period, and then as much as Saturday was about Dale Howarchuk before the game and certainly with that beautiful ceremony and all the special guests coming in, unveiling the statue, walking out of the arena, everyone was talking about Brad Lambert. Um, it didn't seem even remotely possible that we'd be having conversations like this a week ago, and yet here we are. Um, what do you make of his situation right now? How much has he accomplished in these two games and in training camp so far? What's at stake for him right now in these final two games? And could we be talking about a very, very tough decision involving an 18-year-old player in a week's time? Well, he has come from a long way back and done everything that he's needed to do. So we could be talking about a very difficult decision to make. And it will be a difficult decision whether he makes the Jets or gets sent to the Moose uh, because he's done so much with so little. Yes, last week's rosters were not the Jonathan Huberto, Nazem Kadri, Mackenzie Weger, laden Calgary Flames, as Winnipeg's going to find out tonight and see how everybody can do. But Brad Lambert has done everything in his power to make decisions tough. For me, I think back to the draft, 
when we met him in Montreal and all the questions were, you know, about his confidence, reclaiming confidence. The questions were about, well, why did you fall all the way to to number 30? Um, You look at that world junior situation where he doesn't even play in all of Finland's games. And you start to wonder what the ceiling is on this player. You even go to, you know, early on in camp, rookie camp, the guy is getting asked questions about his confidence. And let me tell you what, Hus, from day one of Jets camp, I see a player who has tremendous confidence, tremendous belief in himself. He's going at veteran players, not in a physical way, but in an attacking lane sort of way. He's finishing plays on experienced NHL goaltenders, and he's doing all those sorts of dynamic things that I think uh, fans who have tracked him for a long time and saw that top five talent, you know, would have liked to have seen and were really hoping for. So he's come from a long way back in two exhibition games, all those overtime shifts where he was dynamic, carving through uh, the opposing defenders, that goal that got disallowed where he and Cole Perfetti were just seeing things that other that the BK wasn't. I know that got called back for offside. Everything in his power to prove himself as an offensive player, he's done that. His waiver's exemption means, yes, it makes sense. Well, I guess he doesn't technically have a waiver's exemption. He needs an ELC, and we can talk about that because I spoke to his agent yesterday. Um, all to say, uh, he's done everything that he can. He could make the final roster, and at the same time, even if he doesn't, if he goes to the AHL, as I expect, whether immediately or for the majority of the season, this is a win for Brad Lambert and an opportunity to really take off. No, I, I agree 100%. And Well, let's get to the, the contract because... Um... You know, nothing happens until you sign your name on the dotted line. Um, I know you tweeted about this yesterday. Fill us in on uh, the conversation with where things are at right now. Is there some sort of a holdup or um, are they just working things through and he's basically doing what he needs to do and that's take care of things on the ice and make this decision as hard as possible for the Jets. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I spoke to his agent, Rick Curran, yesterday uh, of War Hockey Group and Rick basically explained uh, a few key things from his perspective. And one is that he couldn't be more thrilled with the fit between Winnipeg and Brad. I think there's the sense that um, Winnipeg has something to prove. Brad has something to prove. Uh, this is a, you know, obviously he's biased being the agent, but he's, you know, he's still really selling tremendous character and commitment on this player to sort of get back to that upper echelon. And in terms of contracts, I mean, that's why I wanted to touch base. You know, is there any holdup? Is there anything to be concerned about? And the answer is absolutely not. You know, the contract talks are ongoing. They've begun. Everything's positive. He has nothing but nice things to say about Kevin off the coaching staff. He's proud of Brad Lambert for making the decision as difficult as it's going to be. And as you know, Huss, and, you know, so many of the listeners will know, an entry-level contract is pretty standard fare. So I anticipate nothing in the way of holdups. And just to think out loud a bit from my own perspective, If there's anything at all that's delaying it, it's just a gentle conversation about, you know, what the bonus structure is going to be, because there's different types of bonuses that can be built into a first round pick or any entry level contract. And usually the amount that gets built in has a lot to do with the draft standing, whether you were, you know, first overall, 10th overall, 30th overall. And I think that the Jets and, you know, Lambert would probably agree if you could redraft already. He's done some impressive things. and. that's my guess, because if it's not that, I can't think of what w- it would be other than, you know, other than just crossing the uh, T's and dotting the I's and, and that sort of thing. Now, as far as like where he plays this year, listen, I would love to be talking next week about Brad Lambert, you know, barging in and 
you know, being on the roster and maybe getting a few games. But let's just assume that they realize, hey, he's going to be an option at some point. Um, have we moved on from the Western Hockey League option? I mean, I, at the beginning of the year coming in, I'm kind of like, well, maybe it's 50-50. We'll see what happens. The player that I saw in those two games playing for the Winnipeg Jets seems like he could really benefit from playing against professional men in competition as opposed to junior hockey, especially considering his, you know, where he was last year. I mean, what are you hearing about that right now? I mean, is the Western Hockey League still very much on the table? Or if you read the tea leaves, does it mean if he's not with the Winnipeg Jets, most likely with the Manitoba Moose, assuming everything gets done contract-wise? From my perspective, you can go right on and forget about the WHL for Brad Lambert this season. He's done too much. Uh, he's already played against professionals in, in his career. Certainly, you don't get a lot of big minutes in Finland, and that was uh, you know part of his step back offensively last year, unless you are, are capable of doing that grinding defensive, dump it in sort of play. And that's certainly not up Brad Lambert's wheelhouse. So... At this stage, with what he's done at camp, with what he's done against men in professional leagues so far, next stage for him is at the pro level. And I don't think that he'll stick with the Winnipeg Jets. That's just me. I do think that he's capable of having a tremendous season for the Manitoba Moose. He's just 18 years old, but we've seen teenagers take tremendous steps at the AHL level in recent years, whether Cole Perfetti during the pandemic-affected rules situation, um, you know, for the Manitoba Moose, that was a tremendous step forward from him coming out of the OHL. We saw it with Jack Roslevic and Kyle Connor. You know, there are tremendous things that young players can do at that level. And I think based on the speed, the attack, the confidence that we've seen from Brad Lambert against essentially AHL-level rosters, there's every reason to believe that he can be an impact player for Manitoba this season and go through the ups and downs of a pro season where he is one of the impact players uh, and develop into that player that was thought to be a top five, top 10 pick. Well, and one other thing I'll throw in, and this is not something I would have said a week ago, but even if you, and this is not the case, but even if you just said that, you know, it's the, it's a wash as to where he would develop better and what would be better for the player, Western Hockey League to American Hockey League. At this point right now, with everybody healthy, okay, maybe he's best suited for the American Hockey League. I'm telling you right now, based on the guys that are in the mix on this club right now and the way the roster projects, if you add in Wheeler and Dubois, in where Lambert and Tony Nato are tonight. Um, you know, a key injury in the top six or some offset uh, uh, players, I don't think there's a logical guy just moving up in that lineup. I think that Brad Lambert becomes a very, if he gets sit down right away and doesn't even play a game, but is playing in Manitoba and has a contract, I think he all of a sudden becomes a very viable option at some point during the season you know, due to injury or lack of availability of players that are in that top six based on even just what he's shown so far through camp in a couple of games. Well, and if you are Brad Lambert, having the camp you're having, believing in yourself like you do, why wouldn't you want to be that close? Worst case scenario, you're in the building, you're down the road, and you have an opportunity to be that call up into the top six should that take place. Like Rick Bonus has done a lot of tremendous things. One thing that I don't see him doing is going off the third line, being a power or like being a shutdown line, taking on the powerful opponents, trying to shut down the, the biggest players there. So 
you know, that's not where Brad Lambert's going to slot in. The fourth line isn't where he's going to slot in. It's about a top six injury or opportunity in that regard. And those nine games that he could play at the NHL level before using up in a, a year of his ELC, well, that's most of a month. So if you get into a situation where there's a top six injury, Lambert's playing tremendously well in the AHL, or perhaps he's won it right out of camp. We don't know what these next two games will hold. Well, you can get some consistent development time out of those you know, three to four weeks that he would be with the big club and seeing what you can get out of him. And that's a situation that I think is win-win for everybody. I think to you know some other players we can talk about, like Ville Hainala, who at 20 years old was made to go a month without playing for either team, the Moose or the Jets, and the impact that that might have as well. So I think what Brad Lambert has done is given himself every opportunity to get impactful playing time on either club, probably the Moose, and then from there, he's in a great situation to build his career forward. This is a good story. This is great news for Jets fans. No, there's no doubt about that. Murat Atesh of The Athletic. Make sure you're subscribing to The Athletic and checking out all of Murat's content. I want to get to the blue line, but before we do that, bottom six tonight, that Lowry-Appleton line is going to have Morgan Barron on it for the first time, and I think part of that was, maybe all of that, was the fact that he'd missed the majority of camp. He now gets a chance to come in. Harkins out of the lineup. And Manalainen gets another preseason game playing with David Gustafson in the middle and uh, and Sam Gagne on the right side. Uh, Marat, how do you see this shaking out right now? And is Saku Manalainen earned himself maybe a leg up on a couple of the other veterans that we certainly wouldn't have been expecting a, a week ago? And is Morgan Barron the guy that is most likely to be getting first shot with Lowry and Appleton, or is that all much like we're talking about Brad Lambert? A lot of that will be determined by what happens in these next two games against Calgary. I think the auditions are real. I think that the opportunity is real. I think that the wait and see is real as well. So with Saku Mainalainen, who we've, we've talked about a fair bit, you know, I think the one of the very first times you asked me who's been standing out, um, he he was up there for me in terms of a guy who had the size and speed and that sort of veteran professional experience being an AHL veteran like he was with an NHL bit of background with the Carolina Hurricanes for one season. Two, this is a guy who can step in and play professional hockey. He's demonstrated throughout the preseason. And I think that his look alongside David Gustafson and Sam Gagne is exactly an audition for that fourth line spot. If he can excel there, there, there's a chance that it's him and not Dominic Toninato, who looks every bit a placeholder on that second line between Brad Lambert and Cole Perfetti tonight, um, who gets that fourth line job. So I think that we're still in the wait and see uh, vein with him. And if he's able to do what he did against lesser competition, against these high-end rosters that Winnipeg will face tonight and again against Calgary later this week, then we're looking at a potential job. Meanwhile... I think Jansen Harkins sitting is, first of all, he missed a practice for a maintenance stay earlier this week. But I honestly think that that's a little bit of confidence you can throw his way for a job. I don't think that, you know, as fans sometimes say, I, I've gotten it in the comments, well, maybe Rick Bonus is going to do that new manager thing where he fires somebody to make an example of them. I don't think Jansen Harkins is that guy. I think his, his job is safe. The question is if Morgan Barron can steal it from him. And... Barron has shown well at the AHL level. His stint with Matt, with Winnipeg, pardon me, uh, to close off last season led to some instantaneous points too. So there are things working in Morgan Barron's favor. 
What's working against him is two games of racetrack against top competition. That's going from here to here in an awful hurry. Uh, and for fans who are listening, you know, that was a hand at one level and a hand reached above my head because going from camp to Jonathan Huberto is a little bit of an issue in terms of defensive coverage. And we'll see what we get out of that. At the same time, you know, Brad Lambert took two games coming off of his injury to go from zero to hero. And that opportunity exists. So there are real battles, Huss. And I think that what we actually see tonight will correspond with some of the decisions that get made later this week. And that's a refreshing thought for a team that often goes whether based on, you know, who has waivers, who doesn't have waivers, how old people are, what the contract is. There does seem to be a spirit of competition here. Well, I, I, exactly. And um, I, I, listen, I, I've thought for a long time, just because of how crowded the blue line is and some of the waiver issues with certain players, that the Jets would start the season with eight defensemen. And if that's the case, that means they're going to have 13 forwards. And I don't know, this is just me reading the tea leaves, but we know Dubois is going to be in there. We know Wheeler's going to be in there. If we take Brad Lambert out of the equation for a minute and just assume that he'll most likely be at least starting the season in the American Hockey League, Morgan Barron has this opportunity to grab a spot in the top 12. Manalainen's done a very good job. I mean, if Manalainen is in the mix, does it basically come down to Dominic Toninato being the 13th forward and Barron or Harkins on the roster? I think that that's a, that's a fair look at it. I think Dominic Toninato has been looked at as a 13th forward or a fourth line option, depending based on how he's been rolled out in the lines, based on where he fills in when guys are hurt as he's doing it tonight. I don't think he's uh, a, a lock at any one particular spot on this club, unless it's fourth line left wing or 13th forward. I think that based on the fact that Winnipeg was able to waive him successfully last year and based on the fact that you can sort of see based on his stage of his career, there's a little bit less pop to him than maybe you might imagine a Jansen Harkins speed uh, yielding something. Because as we all remember, Brandon Tanev took a little while to become an impact player on a third line as well. I don't think Harkins is in that, that range, to be clear. But there are things that he can do that you might project. So I think that if there is somebody who could be sent to the Moose via waivers to make room for one of these young guys, it could be Dominic Toninato as the odd man out or in the press box. Morgan Barron is a bit of a wild card to me in this. And actually, Saku Manalainen doesn't need waivers either. So those would be easy decisions for them to make if they want to go that route. I'm just thinking that uh, that Barron is a particular wild card because we saw him reach an NHL level in an awful hurry last year but he has such little runway right now as well. The easiest thing Winnipeg could do would be to respect waivers, uh, send send the waivers exempt guys down, keep everybody. But there's been a sense at camp that Rick Bonus is willing to do things differently, and that's where the question marks arise. Uh, as far as the blue line, certainly waivers is a huge part of it with Billy Hainala and Dylan Sandberg being waivers exempt, Johnny Kovacevic, Logan Stanley not being waivers exempt. Um Kovacevic isn't in the lineup tonight, and neither is Kyle Capobianco, who I would imagine is going to hit the wire at some point. Um, but just your thoughts on, well, first of all, for tonight's game, you take anything out of Stanley um, playing with Pionk and Vili along with Dylan Sandberg? And as we are now, what, two-thirds of the way through the preseason, if you had a, a power poll of those three, a ranking list as to who's most likely wearing a jet jersey playing on the ice in the top six 
on Friday of next week. Um, where are we at with that? Well, absolutely I do. That reminds me of Jim Halpert or, or the absolutely I do. I take something, I take something from the way that that's listed. And if you read my uh, projected opening night lineup, my Winnipeg Jets roster has Logan Stanley on it as a lock, as a roster lock. And that's something that gets questions and it gets a little bit of criticism. Stanley has big fans. He also has big detractors in the fan base. He seems to be a polarizing player. So the question I get all the time is, why do you see him as a lock? Well, look at how they're running him out in terms of lines and pairings each night at practice, at camp. He's getting veteran partners. There's no sense of audition based on the, the situation that he has. He might be fighting for whether he's in the top six or the press box on any given night, but I believe his NHL job is safe. He is also, to a certain degree, you know, along with Kyle Capobianco and perhaps Jonathan Kovacevic as well, this sort of um, this measuring stick against which Dylan Sandberg and Ville Hainala must be measured. And Sandberg and Hainala partnered together. That is clearly an audition for both of those players. Once again, trying to do something and show a level of play against what's going to be a very good Flames team that proves that they deserve another NHL look. And so far in camp, you know, Logan Stanley hasn't particularly impressed me. I, I, I really don't um like his breakout passes under pressure i don't think he puts his partners in good uh, positions and that should be a level that Ville Hainala and dylan samberg can surpass at the same time it seems to be two steps forward one step back with those guys where Hainala has done some special things and then made some rookie mistakes that uh that may have caught some folks's eye dylan sandberg has played great at stretches and not as great at other stretches as well and that goes to practice as well and if those guys are going to make winnipeg wave somebody you know kovacevic um i don't think that's likely kyle Capobianco, that's pro that's the most probable one well they're gonna have to do something and show a consistent high level of play without the game-winning goal um type of giveaway um against calgary that demands that they grip that job and never let it go i have them as better long-run players and maybe even better short-term players than logan stanley right now <laughs> but those waivers exemptions and the temptation to play them in the ahl and starring feature roles without losing anybody especially stanley who the club's invested in i think that that's going to be a big determinant um so i'm willing to see i'm in my mind just guessing at the jets I'm willing to believe that they send, you know, one or both of those players to the AHL unless they do something special tonight. Well, and, and of course, there's always the possibility, and Chevaldeoff alluded to this on uh, a player move at some point before the beginning of the season. The one thing that I'll throw out there, and and I think that we're all guilty at times of spending so much time focusing on the roster of the team we focus the most closely and not the rest of the league, is that it, right now, Every team in the league is sitting there looking at players and probably having some pretty tough decisions as to who is in and who is out. Now, we are at a time in the National Hockey League of epic tanking amongst a few teams in the league, so maybe we'll take a few of those out. But I will say this. If you are nervous about Johnny Kovacevic getting picked up or Capo Bianco, or I, I'm with you. I mean, Logan Stanley's never getting waived. If he's going to leave, they'll trade him because he will have a value somewhere else. Um, this is the time when, you know, there's 150 guys going on waivers a day for a couple days over the course of the next week. And I think that if they feel 
that they're going to have to take a chance at some point in waving one of these guys. Now's the time to do it because the spots haven't opened up yet. If all of a sudden you're doing the same thing three weeks down the road when teams have had an injury or two, um, it's a very different situation. And if they feel that they're going to have to waive one of these guys at some point, barring sort of a trade, to me, doing it sooner as opposed to later probably gives you a better chance at actually maintaining those assets. Are you with me on that? I am with you on that. And it's a good point because as much as I believe that some of these waivers uh, situations sincerely and genuinely impact decision making, there's an important point to be made. Like, let's let's split these guys into two tiers, let's say. Guys with upside that whether you think it's probable or likely or not, you could imagine, hey, this is a relatively young player. Best case scenario, there's a lot of development there. And, you know, Logan Stanley would be one of those guys. There's no way in the world Winnipeg is going to waive a player like that with the perceived potential to improve uh, to that degree. Um you know, you might say the same about Jansen Harkins, still a relatively young player. Kyle Capobianco is not that old at 25, but I don't think that you're going to look at that loss or say Dominic Toninato up front and say, well, this is the reason why Winnipeg was or was not a playoff team. And if those are your major concerns, I mean, probably you're either in a great situation or in a horrible one. Um, Winnipeg's success is going to be founded on its top six, on its goaltending, on Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk having great seasons whatever else it is, those are trimming around the edges uh, to be sure and shouldn't necessarily be a major concern. I'd put Jonathan Kovacevic in the group of players who Winnipeg probably wants to hold on to based on his leadership with the Moose, based on a little bit of a sense that there could be a Tucker Pullman-like progression to effective third-pairing defensemen in his future, especially given he's a big player, right-handed shot, a little bit unique in that way as well. But when you get to Kyle Capobianco or, or Dominic Toninato, you can see so many of those skill sets duplicated on the waiver wire each and every day. Um, and so I'm with you that, one, you can probably get away with it as soon as now. And two, if you do lose one of those players, that's not the reason why the season was or was not a success. Hey, uh, refresh my memory here. Say a player like Kovacevic gets put on waivers, clears waivers, and goes to the Manitoba Moose. Once the season gets going and say they call him up for a few games or whatnot, at what point do they have to go on waivers again? Or once they clear, how long do you basically not have to worry about that? Yeah, um, this is this is my memory failing me, but there are clearly spelled out rules on that. I believe it's a certain number of games played or 30 days or so, whichever comes that first. That sounds right, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, pardon, pardon me for not having that front of front of mind, but there is a grace period where, you know, you only need to do that once. So I wonder if you're thinking about this, Hus, you can probably get away with it right here and now, while so many players are on the waiver wire, call him up if you need to in October, or early November or what have you, and then sort of not sweat it, uh, for a little while if, if you need to hold on to him for a long time. Um, so yeah, all those those machinations or what have you, I think impact jobs for a guy like Kovacevic. Uh, I think that that helps keep him safe. Same thing with David Gustafson. That's a major reason why he's a surefire fourth-line center, in my mind, this year. Uh, but at the same time, guys like Capo Bianco or what have you. Now, at the same time, Huss, 
you know, I've been quietly hearing that uh, that Capobianco's play at camp has been has been really well received by by Winnipeg. So as much as it seems like he'd be the obvious guy to wave to make room for everybody else, I'm not as sure. Um, that's still up in the air as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, just with people being so unfamiliar with him and, you know, only having a limited amount of time to see him in a couple preseason games, if you haven't been around camp, you haven't been seeing what's been going on, you know, he might be a complete afterthought, but I am with you. I don't think he's been an afterthought to the organization or the coaching staff so far. That being said, he and Johnny Kovacevic aren't in the lineup tonight. This is a very important opportunity. I think we can take from that that you know the three players that we've just been talking about have an inside track on that spot going forward um you know we're seeing Demello with Morrissey and you know Demello, as I was mentioning earlier in the show has been a guy that you know consistently improves the performance of his partner um do you think that Morrissey and Demello start the year together Schmidt and Dylan not in the lineup tonight can we take that that those guys likely start together and if that is the case, I guess it boils down to a partner for Neil Pionk. And I know there'll be roles, as we talked about before. I mean, maybe a guy, they need a penalty killer, and there's a guy that fits better on PK. Maybe they need help on the power play. We know who that guy would be. But just at five-on-five five for playing significant minutes, important minutes for the Winnipeg Jets, is there one of those players that, to you, fits better with Neil Pionk than the other two guys? For me, if everybody's playing at their best, probably the player you partner with Neil Pionk is Dylan Sandberg. And I know that's just fun because, you know, the Hermantown, Minnesota connection where their families know each other and they both play for the Hermantown Hawks and all of those sorts of things. But if Neil Pionk is a regular Winnipeg Jets defenseman, which he is, um, I don't think that Winnipeg's coaching staff will be able to keep him away from top six opposition from time to time, which means matchups. And it will mean the types of reads that defensemen have to make against skilled top six forwards. And for me, the biggest difference between the, you know, an NHL fourth line and a first or second line is the amount of decisions a defenseman has to make the amount of times that they have to look over their shoulder uh, the amount of times that they have to consider switching on and off as plays overlap, uh, as as skilled players do a good job of finding soft ice. And for me, that's an element of Logan Stanley's game that isn't a particular strength. And you saw it when he was paired with Nathan, Nathan Schmidt last year. The two of them never really got on the same page and sorted those, those things out. So as much as you might like Stanley on the PK, trust his ability to win battles with size and strength, I want a little bit more versatility from a player who could play against, um, you know, more dangerous opposition like Dylan Sandberg. He hasn't shone so brightly to me that I believe he's the absolute answer without a doubt right now. But Sandberg, I think, has the best well-rounded skill set of those players that you might trust to play with Pionk against some some better uh, skilled forwards. Uh, Marat, your Marat's latest, folks, at The Athletic is all about the upcoming opening night roster, projecting the Winnipeg Jets opening night lineup, dress, scratched, or on the bubble. Make sure to check that out right now. I, I know there's lots going on around camp. There's lots still to be determined. Um, I imagine you'll have much more in the uh, coming days in The Athletic as we get down to final cutdown day and then uh, an exciting next week, getting ready for a puck drop against Jacob Truba. Captain Truba and the Rangers next Friday night. Yeah, imagine this world where Jacob Truba is a captain and no Winnipeg Jets are. I mean, I don't <laughs> think we would have projected that when that trade was made. 
Um, but yeah, absolutely. You know what? One of my favorite questions that I got just for how hard it was to answer this summer was, could Winnipeg be the next Calgary? The team that doesn't make a lot of roster changes, that brings in a new coach or gives a, a, a new coach a full run at, at the team and manages to transform itself year over year. Well, I took a little bit more of an analytical look at that question across you know, 15 to 20 teams since the salary cap was introduced who made massive leaps and look for some trends. And you know what? Winnipeg's one of the teams to consider. There are some better teams in the NHL, I think, that are even more primed for surprising turnarounds than the Jets are this season. But they're not worth writing off quite yet either. And I think that that's a fun story that should come out in the not-too-distant to dig into the possibility of a, a year-over-year surge from the Winnipeg Jets. Murat, a great chat as always. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Enjoy this game tonight and, of course, the uh, preseason finale on Friday. And can't wait to see what you've got in the athletic as we get closer to dropping the puck on 82. Hey, thanks so much, Us. Thanks for having me. Uh, folks, if you're not following Murat already, what the heck are you waiting for? At WPG Murat. And, of course, you can subscribe and get all of his and the athletic team's content at theathletic.com. Big thanks to Murat. Always one of my favorite um, segments of the entire week. All right, we're going to talk some bombers because the defending champs are getting ready to Look to hopefully go 14-2 and two on Saturday night. Darren Bombing is going to join us. But before we do that, Bomber game, 6 p.m. Saturday. Looks like it's going to be very, very nice once again. Uh, I know cold for the next couple days, but Saturday looking at sunny and 17. Basically a carbon copy of what we've got today. So get out early. Get to the Princess Auto tailgate zone. Enjoy $5 beers, $3.50 pop, $3.50 hot dogs, DJ finesse spinning. It will be the place to be. The atmosphere has been so great there over the last few games. If you're heading to the game, make sure to get there early. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of WST and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at princess auto two winnipeg locations panet road portage avenue west and of course you can shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com and speaking of princess auto good luck to reed carruthers and the fellas who are on the ice this afternoon in the latest wc tour event um as we get bombing in here, I also want to thank our friends at Culligan Water. Hydrate before this next segment, folks. And when you're thinking hydration and water services, the family-owned Culligan Water team has been doing it for over 65 years here in Winnipeg and southern Manitoba. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether it's for your home, the cottage, or your office, Culligan has you covered. Let the Culligan man take care of you. Pop down and see him. 1200 Sargent Avenue, 694-5180. And you can check them out online at drinkculligan.com. Another marble race coming up on Friday. Suit show coming up on Friday. And, of course, our friends at Canadian Club have been great supporters of the marble race. We do have some more hoodies coming in, so we'll give another one away on Friday afternoon, and then on Saturday, probably cheers and a few CC and gingers at the game. Of course, Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can grab all the Canadian Club and Beam Suntory products and 
the ready-to-drink CC and ginger at the game at your favorite beer store and, of course, at all Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's talk Bombers with Mr. Bonfire himself, Bonfire Sports, Darren Bombing, who joins us now. DB, what's good, man? Great to have you back on the program. What's happening, us? Good to be with you. It was good to see you back. What a great ceremony on Saturday. Huh? I know you were there uh, doing yep. the uh, NHL.com gig. Um, it was just a great, great day for the city. I mean, uh, everyone that was there to see the um, unveiling of the Dale Howarchuk statue, the great speeches from uh, people with their tributes to Dale, and then, of course, the game. And then there was a young man named Brad Lambert that I think really got people's uh, attention. Uh, it was uh, overall, I know we'll talk about it. There, you got the coin right there. Yeah, and a great, great giveaway piece as well for it. Um, I know we're going to talk bombers, but that was a heck of a day, a great atmosphere around downtown. And then, of course, Brad Lambert added a little bit more energy into the fan base with his performance in that game on home ice. Yeah, no question. Uh, anytime uh, a draft pick from this most recent draft plays the way that Brad Lambert did, like it really opens people's eyes. He's electric. He's elusive. Uh, what was the word Blake Wheeler used for him? I think he used shifty. And, you know, uh, when when the veterans on the team, uh, the former captain, uh, the most veteran guy on this team and Blake Wheeler starts giving you uh, adjectives like that, I think that's that's quite something. But like you just talked about with Marat, it'll be interesting to see how things shape out. Uh, I was talking to Mark Hillier this summer. I, I wrote some prospect pieces for NHL.com on Rutger McGroarty, Brad Lambert, uh, Cole Perfetti. Um uh, Chaz Lucius. And the one thing that uh, Mark Hillier, uh, the, the Winnipeg Jets director of amateur scouting mentioned, uh, he reiterated what general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff said when they went up to the podium at number 30, they ran up to select Brad Lambert. He had a very, very up and down professional season as a 17 year old and an 18 year old in Finland. Uh, but boy, he, he sure looks right now back to form. I think he had a real chip on his shoulder, especially coming out of the World Juniors Huss, where he started the tournament uh, in uh, Team Finland's uh, top six and, and finished the tournament, including the medal rounds, watching from the press box. So uh, not, not the tournament he wanted to have, but uh, I'm sure that's easily forgotten when you're making the noise you are uh, during a, a legit NHL training camp. Good stuff, DB. Well, let's get to the Bombers, your main beat. And I know what... Uh... You and the, the bonfire gang were busy last night. We had a trade to talk about. I mean, uh, just for folks that missed it, fill people in on the broadcast yesterday that we can get into uh, what's happening with the blue and gold. Yeah, we, we dove in quite uh, in depth to the Blue Bombers roster now with three games remaining, obviously Edmonton this weekend, and then the back-to-back home-and-home series with a bye in the middle with the BC Lions that could determine who hosts the West final uh, Calgary is not out of it. BC is not out of it. Winnipeg needs a win and a BC loss, a combination of those two things through the rest of the season in order to uh, lock up first place in the West and, and host that West final on November 13th. But yeah, there, there's a lot going on for the blue bombers and it's more than a trade that I think really made blue bombers fans happy. And that's bringing back old pal Alden Darby uh, in a trade with the Hamilton tiger cats. They send Cedric Wilcox, a rookie defensive end who was in training camp with the bombers last season. Didn't make the team this year did. And they've used him quite a bit, especially when Jackson Jeffcoat has missed some time this year, 
But uh, a couple weeks ago, the team added Keon Adams, a two-year CFL vet, most recently with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He has two sacks this season in 10 games in green and white. Uh, him mixed with some guys that they have on the practice roster, including a pretty um, – uh, blue chip prospect uh, in Bronson Massey, uh, phenomenal NCAA career uh, he had. Uh, they've got some depth there, so deciding to move on from Cedric Wilcots to get help where they need it, and that's at defensive back. Good to see Donald Rutledge healthy and practicing this week. Uh, Brandon Alexander, uh, all of those usual suspects, but uh, we did learn yesterday uh, that Nick Taylor's season is indeed done. Uh, suffered an Achilles injury. Looks like he had surgery uh, as of recent, but uh, that's always tough to see. As far as the rest of the, the injuries and the health of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are, still no Greg Ellingson, still no Carlton Agadosi. Uh, I think those guys are getting relatively close but maybe not ready to go quite yet. They have not practiced yet uh, since both being on the, the six-game injured list. Um, DeMond, or, or pardon me, Demario Houston, uh, who has been a, a, a real bright spot uh, as a rookie in the Blue Bombers defensive secondary. Uh, when he went down to injury a couple weeks ago, it really put the Blue Bombers defensive secondary in flux and, and uh, was definitely not a stable area. He is still not practicing. I don't think uh, he, he's really even close at this point. The guys that are, are kind of running around in street clothes, he's taking it pretty easy during practice and, and body language hasn't been very positive from him for the last month or so, but uh, overall uh, defense uh, is getting a little bit healthier offense. I think they're going to rest Stanley Bryant this week. That's what I kind of get reading between the Heinz hustler, probably a smart move at this point of the season. You want to make sure the best offensive lineman in the CFL over the last number of years. And Stanley Bryant is, is good to go in November when it really matters. The bombers do have an intriguing, prospect who could start at left tackle this week and that's Eric Lofton very very athletic and quick uh, tackle uh, when you got two offensive tackles all-stars albeit in Stanley Bryan and Jamarcus Hardrick that are in their mid-30s you want to make sure you got that depth uh, coming up right behind them so I think we're going to get a look at number 55 Eric Lofton this weekend Hey, let me ask you about the Darby trade. And I echo yeah. your thoughts. I mean, I think we've seen if there was one area of the Bombers roster that has really been hit hard through injuries, it's been the defensive secondary. And it made sense that, you know, they would try and get a player that has established himself. They know all about him. Won championships here in Winnipeg in Darby to come back. But I have to admit, and maybe this is naive, I guess I sort of forgot about the Keon Adams signing, but the fact that Wilcox was what they sent to Hamilton made me optimistic about Jackson Jeffcoat, uh, his situation. I don't believe we've seen him on the practice field yet. Um, just what do you make of, what are we hearing about Jeffcoat? And should we be optimistic about his availability going forward because of that trade? Or is it more the Keon Adams edition that gave them the surplus of players to go and identify or take care of a need that was obviously already there? Yeah, I think Keon Adams definitely stabilizes that group. Uh, as far as the injury situation with Jackson Jeffcoat, it, it is really hard to say. He obviously missed last week against Saskatchewan. I can't imagine him playing this week as he has not practiced yet. Um, again, I, I kind of put him in the same uh, situation as an, um, you know, a, a Stanley Bryant, where you don't need to play these guys. Maybe take it a little bit easier on their body and, and manage it um, going into the home stretch. It's pro football. Everybody is hurt 
That's a reality. It doesn't matter what league you're playing in. Frankly, even in junior football, everybody's playing with something. Um, so for the Blue Bombers, they've got their eyes on a bigger prize than just a win over Edmonton this week. I think they're comfortable in that playoff combination of one win combined with one BC loss over the next four weeks um, where they would then get that West final and lock up first place uh, in the West. That's the playoff path. Every team wants is to host that home playoff game, get that first round by, but defensive end in my opinion, and from others I've spoken with hustler is a much easier position to put a young player in and get similar production. Is he going to be Jackson Jeffcoat? No. Is he going to be Willie Jefferson? Absolutely not. But if you got to put a young player in at defensive back, much more susceptible uh, to mistakes happening and big plays against. The Bombers um, got Jamal Parker back at practice today. He was excused for presumably a personal reason yesterday on day one. So that's a, a positive thing. Tyrell Ford, the Canadian rookie, JT Hassel, uh, another American rookie who has been dressing and making some plays on special teams over the last few weeks. Those guys are, are all possibilities. But Mike O'Shea was perfectly clear they were not going to trade for anybody. They wanted to trade for a guy, and they're getting it in Alden Darby, who is a veteran, who is experienced, and who is versatile. Zach Kalara said it uh, plain as day yesterday as well. Ex extremely smart uh, Alden Darby is. Uh, you can put him at safety, halfback, dimeback, corner. Uh, he's going to keep you covered. So I think it's a great addition for Kyle Walters in this Blue Bombers club. Uh, it was nice to uh, hear Greg Ellingson was back on the field. Um, how did he look? Uh, does he project to potentially play? I mean, uh, listen, I, is it that important that he plays this week? No. Is it important that he's good to go and is close to 100% come playoff time? Absolutely. What's the latest on Ellingson? Yeah, it's been a tough year for Greg Ellingson. Obviously, we know how good he is, a perennial 1,000-yard receiver in the CFL, but this is the second stint he's had on the six-game injured list, and it kind of you know, uh, tells me like maybe it's the same thing that's kind of been bugging him all year, something lower body, maybe soft tissue. I just speculate, of course, but uh, still not participating in practice. He is running around. He's making catches. When I see guys on the field who aren't practicing, but they're having fun, they've got a smile on their face. They're, they're you know, uh, cracking jokes and running around and talking to, to teammates and that sort of thing. I'm watching Greg Ellingson yesterday jump onto like the you know the gymnast mats or, or like the padded bags that they have for tackling drills and that sort of thing he's he's leaping around like a kid in a playground he's having fun that tells me he's getting much closer to a return hustler i, I don't expect him this weekend but the way nick dembski is playing the way dalton shown is playing even greg mccray and how versatile he has been used similarly to the Canadian Swiss Army Knife, Nick Dembski. Um, you know, I, I think the Blue Bombers aren't uh, aren't going to rush anybody to get back, especially a veteran like Greg Ellingson. All right, DB. 13-point favorites in this game. Um, you know, Nielsen and I were talking earlier today in the lock shop as we went through our CFL picks, and the Edmonton Elks are just such a – it's such a bizarre team. Like, they've had really good performances on the road. They've had some crazy wins. They've had a revolving door all year long uh, as far as their – on the personnel. And last week, it seemed like they were finally going to get it done in front of the home fans, and a 100-yard pick six goes back the other way, and they lose again. Just what do you make of the Elks and where they're at right now in year one of the return of Chris Jones? Yeah, I'm with you. Like, they've been a heartbreaker at home, and they're definitely a team that seems to play much better 
away from Brickfield at Commonwealth. Um, a little bit mystifying. Of course, they are trying to figure it out. They've made some head-scratching trades, you know, moving on from some definite talent, but then they've also shown uh, the ability to uh, play very strong defense at times. They look night and day compared to what we saw early in the season. I remember that game where they were in BC going against Nathan Rourke and it's like they couldn't stop uh, a beach ball coming through the line of scrimmage. They, they couldn't, you know, it was like a pitch and catch on the ball diamond, the way uh, Nathan Rourke was throwing to his receivers downfield. Um, but they have improved. And Chris Jones is a proven general manager and head coach in this league. We know he is defensive minded offensively losing James Wilder Jr. pretty much for the entirety of the season. Haven't seen him back yet uh, and, and did, uh, you know, get go down to injury quite early. Kenny Lawler has earned his money, but uh, the offense has been pretty inconsistent. Interesting to see them uh, sign their quarterback, Taylor Cornelius, to a contract extension. Big, big arm. He can beat you with it, no question. Uh, so don't write them off. This is like 13 he's points. He's super is a mobile for a guy number. his size, too. Like some of yeah. the runs that he's had this year. I mean, I like a Josh he, Allen, right? Well, I, yeah, a little bit. I mean, like a yeah. CF, he certainly has that big frame. And, you know, when the passing game hasn't been there, they've really relied on the running game. So, uh, listen, it'll be an interesting matchup for uh, for the Bombers um, and Elks. And I think, you know, Edmonton is going to look to continue to improve. Bombers, for their part, just going to look to get the dub and uh, move a little bit closer to confirming the West Final here in Winnipeg. Just on the way out, um, listen, sad to see Paul Apolise get whacked in Ottawa can't say it was surprising considering the performances of that team. Uh, but a weird situation for Ottawa going into this week with no play caller. Um, Lapple was the offense. He was the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Um, I think anyone that's had any interaction with Bobby Dice knows what a great and respected man that he is. Um, but I'm very interested to see how things go for Ottawa over the course of this next few weeks. And you know who the next head coach is. Certainly, Sean Burke has said Bob Dice absolutely will be a consideration for it. And I think that if they go that way, it'll be more a traditional model like Winnipeg, where you've got a head coach, you've got an OC, you've got a DC. That's not there right now, though. And um, listen, it could get a little worse for Ottawa before it gets better next season. No, no question. Uh, there are some head coaching candidates out there. Maybe Mark Killam, current special teams coordinator of the Calgary Stampeders, probably the the Cinderella of uh, the crop right now. A lot of people even, you know, speculating maybe Buck Pierce wants to be a head coach. Uh, it would be tough for Winnipeg to lose another offensive coordinator, uh, but it would be great opportunity for Buck uh, if, if that's the direction uh, Sean Burke wants to go with another offensive coach. But who do you think would, end, who do you think would fill in at OC in Winnipeg if Buck took the Ottawa job? Oh boy, I, <laughs> Paul maybe Apolise. Paul Apolise. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> right? Uh, we we all know his connections to Winnipeg and his family and, and the rest with Tina. But, uh, uh, you know, in the end, Hustler, I, I jumped all over a lot of dogs in CFL Week 18 this week. That 13-point number is huge. I think Ottawa is going to be a motivated team that I'm not too worried about the offense. I'll be honest. I think with the, the trouble Paul Apolis had at times 
calling some plays that ended up being effective. I think the team knows what they need to do as far as calling plays. Nick Arbuckle is no spring chick, and I think he could probably uh, figure it out uh, as far as, uh, you know, the the types of things they want to do. But how many times have we seen a coach get fired, maybe getting a bit of a raw deal, and that team coming out uh, with a little bit of extra motivation? It should be an interesting um, round of of games uh, in a busy week 18 with a lot still to be determined in the playoffs. Uh, quickly, uh, when are you and uh, Bluto back at it? New time this week. We're going to go Friday from the lake. Uh, Bluto, uh, Chris Walby will be at uh, Dockside for game day Winnipeg. So join us Friday at 5 o'clock. We always go the day before the Bombers game. Uh, YouTube.com slash Bonfire Sports. Then, of course, we got our post game, game day after dark uh, on the channel. Always love the post game. Uh, nothing better, no better place to be after Bomber games than uh, hanging out with DB and Zach breaking down it all and uh man we got another beautiful day this weather has really smiled upon us in these crowds the last little while i'm not sure what they're expecting uh for this for saturday night's game but 17 and sunny be a great pregame and uh, hopefully another great win for the bombers as they get closer to booking another west final date here in the peg darren thanks so much for doing this man always great having you on the program We'll see you Friday at the Madhouse on Matheson. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Darren Bombing of Bonfire Sports. And again, uh, Bonfire Sports on YouTube. And uh, of course, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribing to DB. Um, all right, we got to get Remus back in here. Uh, just before we do that, tomorrow is Thursday night football. And it uh, doesn't look like Jonathan Taylor's going to play for the Indianapolis Colts. That's going to mean some fantasy issues for a number of people. Check out yesterday's lock shop. We've got a nice pickup that you might want to uh, jump on in that case. Uh, but the bottom line is, with Thursday Night Football back tomorrow, Boston Pizza is the place to be. Uh, enjoy delicious BP pizza flights plus ice-cold bud draft on special for 5 bucks every game. And you'll be able to enter to win one of two grand prize trips for two for an NFL weekend in Vegas including airfare, hotel, NFL game tickets, and a bonus NHL game. First trip is November 11th to 13th, Raiders-Colts and the Golden Knights and Blues on Saturday night. And the second trip is New Year's Eve weekend, Raiders-Niners plus the Knights versus Predators on New Year's Eve. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Steinbeck, Morden, and Portage, Boston Pizza location. And man, with this weather that we're expecting on the weekend as well, and I know it's not going to be too nice the next couple days, um, you still have time to get down and check out the beautiful new patio down at Little Brown Jug. We had such a great time doing our first sports trivia night, and we did it outside, filled that patio. Many of our regulars have been there and seen it themselves. If you haven't, make sure to get down there before the snow flies. Great spot for an outdoor pint. And of course, at the brewery and tap room on William Avenue, you can try all the amazing Little Brown Jug beers where it's made and pick up your favorite ones to go as well. If you can't make it down, grab Little Brown Jug at your favorite local beer store or order online at littlebrownjug.ca. All right, let's get Remus back in here. I knew we do want to get a little bit of Rick bonus in before we finish up the show today, but... uh, Remo, lots going on and uh, a lot of intrigue about this final home preseason game tonight that, again, will only be available on WinnipegJets.com. Yeah, a lot of people asking, where can you watch the game? Well, we're all on YouTube. We've all figured out you can go on your computer. Yeah. And Get the internet, in folks. Get Winnipeg. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> or I would say that. How do you watch it on your TV? You got two options. 
take an HDMI cable, plug it into your computer, hook it up to your TV, you could do that. Uh, if you've got a Chromecast, maybe you can screen share or AirPlay, you can do it wirelessly. Or if you got, what, a Fire Stick, go on the browser on there. I know mean, a lot of TVs have the internet on it now, so uh, multiple options trying to offer solutions here. You can definitely watch the game. We're all we're all got the internet if we're watching this. So These are some see. excellent tips from the CTO Trying. of Winnipeg Sports Talk, because I'll be honest, I don't didn't understand half what of you, what you just said. What do you got? On, how are you going to? Are you just going to do it on your iPad? What are you going to do? I'm going to the damn game. It oh, doesn't yeah, matter for me. I will be there. I got season tickets. I'll be in 316. I was in 206 the last couple of games, so I'm very much looking forward to get back and seeing many familiar faces up in the upper bowl. If you're at the game, pop by. There's a uh, a wonderful bar right behind section 316 in the corner there where we'll usually be holding court in, in between periods. So that is going to be the place to be. And listen, we do want to get to the cool bet lines tonight, although it's very, very, um, let's just say there's, uh, my cool bet pick of the day was a college football game. So that will essentially tell you how lean it is tonight. But again, most of you watching this program are most interested in what's happening at Canada Life Center this evening. Um, Rio, can we get to the uh, the Bones clips before we uh, before we finish up? Oh, um, yes, Bones clips. I have them ready to go. Uh, just one sec. Yeah, Rick yeah, Bones. You go. Ahead. I was just going to say he spoke earlier tonight. I mean, there's still a lot of intrigue about this game, and sort of been a recurring theme on the show today that. Um, there still is some really interesting competitions. There's some younger players that have emerged as potentials for the lineup. And again, another opportunity to see Brad Lambert after the way he pulled people out of their seats on Saturday night, coming off a great preseason debut against the Montreal Canadiens last Thursday. Uh, we'll just start at the top. Um, Rick Bonus talked a little bit about his team and his outlook going into tonight against a uh, much stronger Calgary lineup than the Jets have seen so far. Damn it. Sorry, one sec. I just have to hit the button so everyone can hear it. There we uh, go. That always helps. That yeah, always helps. That helps. Well, part of it is the opposition. We're, we're hoping the Flames put a good lineup out there tonight. I know they will on Friday, but when we're evaluating the kids like we are right now, the stronger the lineup that we're facing will give us a better look on how our, how close some of these guys are really to playing. Uh, it's a little easier to play when you're playing against the other juniors and the other, the other farm team, a lot of the players that are going to end up on the farm team and the development team. So I'd like to see a, hopefully a strong lineup, and then we'll see where we are. Uh, in terms of our team play, yeah, we've cut. We've really put a lot of focus on cutting down the opposition's ability to carry the puck in and make plays. We're, we're forcing a lot more dump-ins, so that means we're pressuring the puck a lot more, which is good. Uh, and the second part of that is clearly get, get the puck and let's go on the attack, so the breakout. So those are the areas we're really focusing on. But the third area, we'd, we'd like to see us do more with the puck offensive, but that'll come with, with the players and getting a better lineup in there as well. Well, you know, that's interesting to hear from Rick, and I'm sure maybe he wasn't entirely sure of who Calgary was bringing, but he certainly, I'm sure, was happy when he saw Calgary's lineup, which includes Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli, Kadri, Mangiapani, Dubé, as well as Mackenzie Wieger, Tanev, Rasmus Anderson, Nikita Zadorov, Noah Hannafin, and Mark Stone. Um, Dan Vladar, the uh, backup, is going to get the uh, the net. Dave Riddick could be sort of a battle of the backups, if you will. But certainly some of the top NHL talent on the Calgary Flames playing in this game tonight. Um, 
Bones was also asked about how they're doing overall learning the new system. Here's what he had to say. Well, I, I think we are making progress, and I think it goes back to my earlier statement that we need to see better lineups to see how, to really get a true evaluation of where we are. But I, I find the players have been very, very uh, acceptive to what we're doing, except, uh, accepting it and learning it and adjusting a little bit of how we want to play the game, a little faster, a little more pressure and things like that. Uh, I think the practice habits have been really good. I, I can't compare that to anything that's gone on here in the past, nor would I, but I'm pleased with our practice habits because it all starts there. You're going to play like you practice and if we have to make adjustments to the way we play, it starts in practice. It doesn't start with video. It, it starts with good practice habits. So I've been there. They've had great attitudes coming into in the training camp and now it's now we have to continue to keep it moving forward. All right. So uh, a little more from Winnipeg Jets head coach Rick Bonus on uh, installing his systems and what he's been seeing first in practice and now hopefully in the games. Um, a little bit more from Bones on just getting to know his players throughout training camp and the preseason. I talk to them, I try to talk to as many players as I can every day. And that's why it's important we get down to numbers. So you know, I'm not talking to 50 guys, I'm talking to 23. Uh, but yeah, you, you try to get them, know them better. But again, a, a lot of it for us learning about our players is watching their practice habits, watching their moods, watching how they uh, mingle with their teammates. Uh, all those things that we stand in the background and we watch and we learn about our players. Who's an extrovert? Who's an introvert? Who needs a little push here? You know, and who's a, who's a leader on the team just by the way they interact in their locker room, not just on the ice, but away from the ice and away from the public and everything. Those things are important to us so that we learn more about our players. So the more time we're around them, the more we're going to learn. Well, speaking of being around the players, um, Rick Bonus is going to have a great opportunity, uh, especially with the new guys. And, you know, well, for him, everyone's new. Uh, but with the veteran players or returning players on the team, with potential new players on the team, to get ready through a bit of a team-building trip out to Banff following the final preseason game. Um, here's Bones on the Banff trip and uh, what he's looking for. Yeah, they're still learning about the whole staff as well. I get that. But it, it's more for them just to hang out together a little bit. Uh, we, we've had the, we, we've got the break in the schedule. Um, to come back here and, and practice for a week would be getting very monotonous for them, I'm sure. So this gives us a little break to go practice in a different place. And they're going to have a couple of team activities, which is all very, very important. But it, they, that all sounds good. Okay, they're getting together, but they got to take advantage of it. It's one thing to put them in those situations it's another thing for the group to come together it's not it's just not automatic that you come together because you're going away somewhere for a couple of days that's not automatic it's, it's the players um, taking advantage of it and again it goes back to my conversation with the players over the summer and they convinced me this is a much tighter group and I've said this many many times and the perception of it so these are just situations in a couple of days up in Banff that should grow that bond that that, that we have here Rick Bonus on a little preseason team building for his squad before next Friday's home opener. Um, Bonus also talked about tonight's game and was asked if this is sort of the last chance for some of the bubble guys with only one more preseason game. No, it, tonight some of these guys will some of these guys will not get another game after tonight. Now, 
that being said, there's only a couple of those guys that that will apply to, but you're, we're running out of games. Yeah, and, and, and it also goes back to our schedule. We're going to play Friday and then not again until another week. So uh, we have to put Friday night in Calgary will be very, very close to the way we're going to open up simply because of that break of Friday to Friday games. And, you know, that goes back to those three practices that we're going to have in Banff, the, the, the three we just had. And I'm not a fan of practicing three, four, or five days in a row. I'm not. <clears throat> but be, be based on the schedule that we have and the, and the days that we have to practice, we're going to do it. We have to take full advantage of it. And those practices in Banff, we have to have some really good scrimmaging because, again, when we play the Rangers on 14th, that'll be their third game. And that'll be our first. So we've got to prepare for that now. We've got to try to stay one step ahead of that. Yeah, a little bit of a schedule quirk there with, um, you know, the uh, the season starting before. And I wasn't aware that the Rangers were going to be their third game of the season. Uh, but Bones sort of laid it out, what uh, they're challenged with and how things are going to be rolling. One more from Bones. And again, we've been talking, I guess, just back to the last answer. It just goes to show tonight, Sacramento Linen, Brad Lambert, Morgan Barron, Billy Hainala, Dylan Sandberg, Logan Stanley, all eyes on those players as uh, guys jockeying for positions and opportunities to play for the Winnipeg Jets in front of the home fans on the 14th of October. One guy we know that's going to be in the lineup, touch wood, barring anything happening to him, is Nikolai Ehlers. And uh, Rick Bonus expanded a little bit more on the opportunity for Nikolai Ehlers moving up to the top line with Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor going to give him that opportunity that's why that line's together and we're going to give him that opportunity we need that we need that line to take that next step and every every strong team in this league has a number one like clearly a number one line and they're a dominant line uh, and we're going to give that threesome a good chance to become that and, and Ehlers is going to be a big part of that. What have you learned about him? Like, you know, you see him as an opposing coach. Now you see him every day. What stood out about his overall skill set? Yeah, you get game? to watch him in drills and you watch how fast he is and how quick he is. And, and he makes these great plays with the puck that, you know, you play against him. Some nights they're not on or some nights they're not. It, puck's not coming to them and the game's not coming to them. You don't notice him as much. When you get to watch him every day, you learn to respect and appreciate more his speed and his skills and, and his vision when he, when he does have the puck. So, uh, yeah, you just get a much better feel for the player. All right. And we'll see Ehlers with Shifley and Kyle Connor playing tonight at Canada Life Centre in the final home preseason game. All right. Uh, we've got some information on the Jays series, which we're going to get to in just a second. But before we uh, do that and finish up the program, let's quickly hit the cool bet lines. And as I mentioned, I was trying to do the daily pick today and realized that all of these games are starting at 3 o'clock this afternoon with the end of the regular season. That being said, Jays right now and the Orioles are back at it in the second of the doubleheader. Can't imagine intensity levels are that high considering what's going to be taking place on Friday. But for the Canadian Football League, line's still pretty much intact. Hamilton, two-and-a-half-point favorites against Saskatchewan on Friday. Two games Saturday, Argos one and a half point favorites over BC. And then the Bombers, 13 points they're laying at home against the Edmonton Elks. Monday noon, Thanksgiving Day game, Montreal, seven point favorites against the Ottawa Red Blacks. If you want to get the picks for this week in the Canadian Football League, check out today's edition of the Lock Shop. And as far as tomorrow's Thursday nighter goes, Broncos, Three and a half point favorites right now 
And um, Remo, as we mentioned, by the way, if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $200. Um, part of that three and a half line for Denver, I'm sure, has quite a bit to do with the lack of one Jonathan Taylor in the Colts lineup for tomorrow night, Reem. Yeah, the Colts are pretty bad. How did they beat the Chiefs a couple weeks ago? Uh, so they I didn't also, beat the Chiefs. I also think the Chiefs beat themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, I could sit here for 15 minutes and tell you all the stupid things that happened in that game, but um, we don't. We've moved on. Big win over Tom Brady and the Bucks. Huge Monday nighter this week. But you're right, <clears throat> Indy. My pick of the week last week was Tennessee plus three and a half. Hit them on the money line as well. They won. Um, it just seems like year after year, Frank. Like how many quarterbacks have they had? Andrew Luck quit. They had Jacoby Brissett, mm -hmm. Phil Rivers. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz, and yep. now Matt Ryan. <clears throat> it's been one veteran year after year, and none of it's really worked. Yeah, it's, I think Naheem Hines was kind of, you know, they're talking about how their offense was poor. He's like, man, we got a different quarterback every year. It's been it's been tough, and I was thought about that this weekend. Like, when Andrew Luck retired, that was a couple years ago, and they still haven't found the long-term solution. Mm -hmm. Just going over to washed-up uh, veteran QB, sorry, mm -hmm. Matt Ryan and Bill Rivers, and... Uh, and Carson Wentz. Um, although I think the Broncos, I mean, they've been kind of embarrassing too. Uh, the cool. first through the first couple games, uh, that Javante Williams injury definitely hurts. Russ, he's cooking what like uh, chicken breast with Nyquil's, and that what the meme is. <laughs> That's this here. They said let's let Russ cook, and he put the Nyquil in with the chicken. Yeah, That's it's bad. The, the Broncos' offense has looked about as appetizing as that dish so far this season. Just a quick fantasy bit, and if you want the entire bit, check out yesterday's lock shop. But for tomorrow's game, a couple key ads of guys that are backups right now that are going to get a big run. Listen, we all know Melvin Gordon's a fumbling machine. Um, they cannot count on him. Mike Boone is the guy in Denver that I think is a pretty key ad if you can get him on your fantasy lineup. And Deion Jackson. Listen, Naheem Hines will probably get the majority of work, maybe, but I don't think he's ever even had more than about a 50% snap share so Deion Jackson, the guy in Indy, if you're stuck for a running back and need to get a guy Mike, in Mike your lineup. You say Mike Boone? Mike Boone season there. Yeah, in, uh... Mike, Mike Boone's the Denver guy that you want, and uh, Deion Jackson for uh, for the uh, the bit. Now, um, as far as the Blue Jays go, Reem, we have dates, uh, we have times and dates, and this is going to be unreal. We're going to have to finish that marble race and then – throw the tube on and get ready for Blue Jays baseball because what am I correct in this Blue Jays 3 p.m. Central on Friday afternoon might be time to book the afternoon off folks join us for the show marble race and then Blue Jays baseball can't yep. think of a better way to start a weekend I'm super fired up for this series uh Seattle they're my team first time in the playoffs since oh one although I may have worn a Blue Jays jersey to the 2015 ALCS and KC so you know the two teams how did that, that one end Oh yeah, right. uh, was. I mean, I had a great time. I can say that I had a great time. So, uh, but this is gonna be a great series. Game one, Alec Manoa for the Jays and Seattle throwing out their uh, trade deadline acquisition, Luis Castillo. So I'm really looking forward to that. I see a lot of um, pictures online or videos online of the last Jays playoff series. Just how loud it gets in the dome. Uh, they do come out for the playoffs. Great fans there. So I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. I was watching the Seattle broadcast yesterday. Uh, Dave Sims, Mike Blowers, they're pumped to go to Toronto. 
They were talking about the weather, uh, Dome Stadium. So I think this is going to be a good series. And I know a lot of people from Vancouver who are Seattle fans um, will be cheering on the Mariners as well. So I'm, I'm super pumped. I may have to wear my, my jersey on Friday. We'll see. Uh, sorry, oh, no, sorry. Suit show. It's suit show. Can I Can't. wear it? You'll be, you'll be violating, you'll be violating, the, uh, violating the dress code oh, for WST that day. You can maybe put a hat on for the, for the marble race. I can't That's wear a, about it. a hat with a suit. Unless it's a toque, then I can be like a hockey player. Well, I'm just saying at the end you could put, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know whether a Mariners hat. Well, I'll change all my jerseys back here to my Seattle jersey, yes. Oh, I thought you said you were going to put all your other suits on the back and have a, uh, have a, a suit, <laughs> all your F apparel suits in the background. No. Um, hey, just while we're at it, I know we just hit the cool bet lines. The lines for these series are up right now. Uh, the Jays are minus 169 favorites. Seattle plus 140. Cards, Phillies. Cardinals minus 145. Phillies plus 120. The Mets, a big favorite against the Padres, minus 175 for the Mets and plus 145 for the Padres. And Cleveland, Tampa Bay. This is the tightest uh, first round series. The Guardians, minus 115. Tampa Bay Rays, minus 104. All numbers courtesy of Cool Bet. And, you know, we've had, we've been basically talking all day today about the Jets, several of the big stories about the team heading into tonight's preseason game and more. Um, couple other notes, Remo, you know, and I had, I'll be honest, I, this wasn't really on my radar till about a week ago, but I didn't realize that Jason Robertson still does not have a deal right now. And the stars don't seem to have the money to come close to where he is at right now or what his ask are right now. And tell you what, um, that would be a huge, huge blow to Dallas to miss, uh, Jason Robertson, their top scorer for any significant amount of time this season. Yeah, still uh, Darren Dreger tweeting, ongoing discussions between the Stars and Robertson. Seems like a major shift is going to have to occur for him to start the season in Dallas. Still time to get something done. Season starts like, I got all thrown off by the start date. I thought the season started Friday, but yeah, the, as Rick Bone has said, the Rangers already got three games. The season starts uh, Tuesday, which is crazy. And there's even a game... There's games Thursday, what, Thursday, Friday in Prague that count regular season games. So, uh, oh, and those will be early too. We can yeah, be able to have them on a watch one during the game. One o'clock game. One o'clock game. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll have some live updates for yeah, the live cra- YouTube crazy. show. So, <laughs> we'll see what happens with them. I know they got it done with Jake Ottinger eventually. Robertson probably wants the big dollars, but they've already got big dollars committed to Ben. And Sagan, and I don't think they want to throw down like we've seen other teams throw down with their RFAs. I'm um, going to be interesting what happens there. I don't think I think the the Ottinger one was tough too. Uh, we'll see about Robertson. I guess Tuesday show because of course Monday is Thanksgiving. It will be packed. Oh, and yeah, I forgot we, we will get into uh, hot takes and bold predictions for the season. Oh man! So uh, you're going to need no show to, Monday. Uh, Fire up your uh, get locked and loaded um, for the uh, for the upcoming season, and I think Dusty and I are going to do a props show for the NHL on uh, on the weekend, and we'll drop that on Monday uh, on the Lock Shop. Um, obviously, there's still lots of follow from another well iffy uh, visit from Hockey Canada. Andrea Skinner, the uh, the interim board, was grilled yesterday, 
And uh, it sounds like, is it Hockey Quebec that is withholding funding from Hockey Canada right now? Um, this is, uh, it's a huge story news-wise just because of how many people it impacts. But, um, you know, you really do wonder, we haven't heard from Hockey Manitoba yet or some of the other provincial bodies, but uh, it just seems like it's going bad to worse right now for Hockey mm -hmm. Canada. And um, it'll be fascinating to see how this continues both with the audit now that's being done dating back to 2016. And, I mean, there's a lot of people out for blood right now and looking for heads, and Scott Smith's head is at the top of that list. Um, but it does seem like he's got a lot of significant support from within Hockey Canada, I'd imagine, the provincial branches. So how that all shakes out, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it is going to be something that we'll be paying attention. And uh, this is a very significant decision by Hockey Quebec to withhold their, um, I guess, portion of registration fees going to Hockey Canada in response to what we've heard lately. Yeah, and Rick Westhead tweeted out that he asked Ontario Hockey Federation Executive Director Phil McKee if they support Hockey Canada and their leadership team. He would not answer and he instead wrote in an email that the OHF has requested Hockey Canada not collect a $3 player participant fee this year, and I don't blame Hockey Quebec or Ontario Hockey Federation for saying, hey, we, we don't want to give you this registration fee. If you're going to be taking this, putting it in a secret fund for sexual assault lawsuits, allegedly, is what was being reported. Um, so Andrea Skinner, by the way, for the record, did say that that was completely mischaracterized she, yes. yesterday. And again, I mean, for us that are sitting here seeing I, these I, reports, it's hard to know you know, where the truth lies. But I think it's safe to say that the work that Rick Westhead, Katie Strang have done throughout this have, you know, uncovered definitely some things to, that need to change. And I guess the big question for many people, such as outspoken critics like Sheldon Kennedy, is who will be the people going forward to enact these changes? And is there any confidence in the people that are currently in those roles? Uh, one more thing. Aaron Judge, 62 yesterday, sure took him long enough. And I'm not sure about that meatball that was grooved down the middle of the plate that he took out yard, Remo, but we do have a new all-time American League home run champion passing Roger Maris, who, of course, famously had 61 and 61. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, 62 as a Yankee, American League record. I see a lot of people saying, oh, congratulations on hitting, uh, what, that 11 less than the actual record, 73 by Barry Bonds. But look, we haven't seen 60 in a long time. He's having a historic season. I think the fact that it's in a, he's doing it as a Yankee, I think makes it a, a bigger deal than doing it. It is the American League record, although you can debate whether league records mean anything in the era of interleague play. Like, why don't we have a Western Conference hockey record? Why aren't we keeping track of those? I mean, the leagues are, are pretty much together, but... Uh, pretty cool. A lot of talk about the ball. Uh, one guy did dive, but jumped down to try to get it, but it went into a guy's glove. But it went into the stance. Yeah, it went into the stance. But a guy, I guess, thought he was going to drop it and drop down. I mean, that ball could be worth a lot of money. So, sure, try to you know risk jail time uh, trying to get it. And Well, and, and just quickly on that, th because this is pretty bizarre, but... It was last week, uh, well, for 61, went into the Blue Jays' bullpen. Yeah. And their bullpen coach caught the ball. And his wife, 
was a sports reporter, one of the women that covered the National Football League and put that out. I, I don't know what the chances are of this, but the guy that won, the guy that caught the ball is named Corey Yeomans, who caught Judge's second home run ball. And Bree Amaranthus, who covers the Dallas Cowboys and Dallas Mavericks, tweeted out, all caps afterwards, this is my husband. So if you want to catch very valuable, record-setting home run balls, uh, obviously what you need to do is marry a uh, female sports reporter because we're two for two. 61 and 62 went that way. And uh, the guy apparently not to, I, I think she was on The Bachelorette, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, this is kind of what I'm gathering from social media. Um, but the guy is VP of a financial company that has something like $179 billion in assets. So I'm not sure they need the money. Be interesting to hear what happens with that record-setting ball. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us. we got to get out and get this pod uploaded so people can listen to it on their way to the game tonight. Again, 7 o'clock start, Jets and Flames. Huberto and Kadri for the first time we'll see in Calgary Flames uniforms. And, of course, Brad Lambert, Morgan Barron, Saku Manalainen, along with Stanley Hainala and Samberg all in the lineup tonight with lots to prove to the coaching staff. We'll break it all down tomorrow. Guests will include Scott Billick and Brandon Rewicki and a potential very special guest from the local club as well. We'll tease that and hope that you will join us tomorrow live at 1 p.m. Don't forget, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. It's simple. It's free. Hit that red button and put in Winnipeg Sports Talk wherever you get your favorite podcasts if you're watching on YouTube, and make sure you're subscribed to the audio feed as well. Thanks so much to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. We couldn't do it without you. Enjoy this game tonight, folks. Again, no TV. It's on winnipegjets.com if you are looking to watch it and not head downtown. And otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night, and thanks to all of our guests today. Oh, my God! Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.